As the great bard once said, all that glitters is not gold, and never judge a child soldier by their brainwashing nanomachines. Ladies, gentlemen, and variations thereupon, this is Modern Escapism. Hello, my name is Oodles, and I'll be your host, and I'm actually a sweet guy. Don't judge me. Joining me today is the man that firmly wears his heart on his sleeve. It's Stig. It's bleeding everywhere. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows what's going on in that head of his? It's Gadget. Hello. And he's more than just a piece of fine sexual prime steak. It's Biggie. Ooh, thank you. Before we start today's ceremonies... I want to let you all know that our Patreon is now live. Yeah! And if you are a Patreon subscriber, there will be add-on content on this episode later on in the show. And let me remind you about the tiers we have by asking Gadget to remind you. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay, so we have three tiers. Uh, at £5 a month, there is the Modern Escape tier, which is... Modern Escapism, where you get the slightly extended versions of the episodes. Uh, you also get a monthly bonus show, which is already there if you if you subscribe now. But we we did the bonus show; it is there. You can hear it. Yes. Um, the next tier is five pound for the score cheap tier, which also us, also us. <laughs> same same principle. If you just want to support um, our Dungeons and Dragons podcast, um, that that is there. The first the actual first episode is there now. Yes. Um, before the um before it launches on its normal feed so if you subscribe to it now you can hear it earlier so yeah and exclusive added- preview yeah. basically yeah, yeah. you can stop listening preview. to this and listen to that that's what you can do no no as no. long as, oh, no but only as long as you come back and listen to this after yeah of course, of course um it'll also be ad free because we're enabling ads on that one and there's and there's a few other kind of um things to help me out as the dm releases <laughs> that as bonuses that you can get if you want to you know Give Oodles a weapon that's probably possibly going to hurt him in some way, shape, or form, and has a silly name. You can do that if you're a patron. Um, and last up, there is the, the there is the one which I hope you all go for because it's the Biggie Bundle. It's all of us and all of me. Yes, <laughs> it is. Um, it's it's basic. It's seven pound fifty a month, and it is those two tiers combined. You get everything involved with it um, at a discounted price. Well, I'm not um, biased, and I think that's a fantastic bargain. I do. No. <laughs> exactly. So, yep. So check it out. It's uh, patreon.com forward slash modern escapism. You're paying for my drinks. Yeah. The more the, the, the more of you that um, sign up for it, the drunker Oodles gets. <laughs> we get more Dragon Soup stories. He might lose his other Adidas Samba. You never know. I've bought, I bought some more, just to let you know. So he'll lose one of them soon <laughs> Yeah. I've <laughs> still got an odd one. Don't get and me wrong. As long as you lose the right side, like the right one. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You don't want to keep losing lose. the same one. That'd be weird. Yeah. Absolutely. Excellent. Thank you very much for reminding the uh, listeners and myself, what we actually offer. I'm like one of those um, gentlemen that runs a bar, a, a landlord that doesn't even know anything about running a bar. So, yeah, I'm just I'm just a host, guys. They pay me to be here. You know what I mean? Well, who's paying you? Them. Them. I'm freelance. You know them. You know them. <laughs> and don't forget the £10 tier with, with no oodles. Yes. The, the, the secret tier that you have to type in the Konami code to get uh, to unlock. 
There'd be punk signed up for it six times over already. He's <laughs> <laughs> his house for it. <laughs> so, yeah, let's just crack on as we always do now that the bureaucratic stuff is out of the way. Um, Biggie, what have you been up to on this fine, beautiful week? <laughs> yeah, I've got a, a bit of a confession which will uh, make some of you cringe and laugh. Oh, no. So um, I am right on the cusp of finishing Final Fantasy VII. You were last time. I know, you, you, but you're I've decided... You're proper edging this, man. We've been waiting, waiting, waiting for just but, let us finish. Well, let me finish this because I'm so <laughs> close. I'm so close, but I decided to go for the Platinum. Yeah, man. And <laughs> because I just thought, I want to end this on a high. Just done, dusted, that game is done. So then I went back through the trophy... Um, uh, List. List, thank you. <laughs> and some of them are hidden. And that was my little downfall, because then when I had a look to see what some of them were, and I realised where I've gone wrong. So I had to restart Final Fantasy VII purely, purely for two trophies, because I went back and looked at my earliest save that I had, and one of the trophies is for Eris to get her um, four limit breaks. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, and where I saved it, I couldn't get that done. So I fucked up there. And I also had to do a, a romantic date with Barrett, which... It's I very difficult to do. acquire that. You have to, keep, you have to keep him next to you at all times and agree with it. him. I did it, done it. But by having to restart the game just to get to that point where I could nice. do that. So I did get sidetracked, but I'm very close to doing it. But, but you've I got your separate save anyway, haven't you? Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I've done that. The, the, so. the ending is quite, quite nice, to be fair. It's quite a satisfying ending, to be honest. Yeah, I'm so close. I'm so close. Imagine if he goes onto his PS5 tomorrow and like his daughter's been pressing buttons. Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> no, I, do you know what? I've already thought of that. I've uploaded it to the cloud. I've covered my pieces. I've covered. I've got it on my PS4, my PS5, and it's up in the cloud. So it's all good. Wow. But, um, yeah, the ones I did want to quickly talk about was I watched the Friends reunion. Oh yeah, I've heard about that. Um, was it humble? So yeah, <laughs> was not it humble? I bet noodles. it wasn't. Um, do you know what? You've got to be a fan of the show if you even want to watch that. So if you're a fan of the show, it was perfectly pleasant. It was, was it nice. just an episode? It's literally uh, just short of two hours, I think. Um, oh, an episode? Of the, no, no, it's, no. It, it's literally like they're reminiscing. They go back to the studio where they filmed it. The studio's completely Oh, it's like a up. documentary type. Yeah, it's done up like a set. So they're reminiscing. They're telling little stories. They watch a blooper reel. They have guests come in, telling them how much they love Friends and stuff like that. It's all very... If you like Friends, you'll fucking like that. If you don't like Friends, don't watch it. It's quite simple. Cool. So, yeah, it, it, it's absolutely fine. It was quite interesting to watch it, and I enjoyed it. Yeah, I was hoping to watch it before today. Um, just didn't get time to do it this weekend, so we'll definitely get it watched. Yeah, there's a couple of cringy moments, but yeah, I thought it was absolutely fine. It, I mean, the, the fact that they've got James Corden interviewing them puts me out of it completely. What is he doing there? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. American, American love Americans love him. Yeah. He keeps yeah, emailing us, just come on this show, him. and we keep saying no. <laughs> yeah. the, but the, th- the thing is, when they said, when I saw the news saying, oh, there's going to be a Friends reunion, I thought, oh, okay, so what they'll do maybe like a feature length episode That's or something. You'll see what they've been up to like over the next 15 years or so. And I was just like, I probably would have watched that because I don't have any particularly fond- uh, fondness for Friends, but it would have been something interesting to watch because that was a thing that was on when I was a kid. Yep. Mm. Um, 
But then when I saw, when I saw it was just like, oh, they're going to the studio and oh, it's blooper reels and oh, they're going to like do a table read of a scene. Yep, yep. I just thought, oh, don't leave this self congratulatory drivel out of it. I don't want that. Do you know, I tell you what. I, do you know I, what? I would like a story. It's actually not that bad. There's a few. They've got James Corden involved. It's the worst thing in the world. Does he sing on it? <laughs> the problem is, as as a, if they did a script or a story. It would never live up to the hype. Yes. Oh no, yeah. I know that. So, absolutely. absolutely agree. Yeah. Absolutely. Did Friends end well? Uh, yeah, just about the yeah, tenth yeah, season pretty... was probably they're running out of jokes a little bit to that point. Yeah, I thought it... the last episode was good still. Yeah, that's what I mean. That it, it yeah. concluded nicely, so you don't technically mm-hmm. need it. A... Yeah, the, no, yeah the, 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 the the ending, everything apart from Joey's story was kind of everything was kind of wrapped up with a neat little bow for most of them. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's when you got the the. Um, the spin-off of Joey, which everyone knows was a complete and a trash fire. Mm, yep. Tanked. But the Botox was a bit scary, but uh, uh, that's a different story. It's expected. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, the main thing I very quickly wanted to talk about was I saw a documentary on Netflix, which has just come out, which I knew nothing about. So I was really surprised uh, when it appeared. And it's about the rapper Biggie, the notorious B.I.G. Oh, he took your name, didn't he? Yeah, so I let him have it. I thought he deserved yep. it. But um, no, it's really weird because I actually had the nickname Big Man um, before he obviously came out as a rapper. So then um, I obviously like him as a rapper and he is actually my favourite. So it is quite fortunate that we both have that nickname. But uh, yeah, it's just a really nice documentary. Um, it Some of it is kind of stuff you already knew. But what was interesting was that his what the guy says in the film is his best mate basically took a video camera with him. Yeah. And pretty much filmed their life together once it hit big time as he was progressing through um, his music story. And yeah, it was really good. It was really interesting. There's some really nice behind the scenes stuff. Um, his mum is interviewed a lot. And you get to notice here a bit more about the biggie uh, that you may not have known. Um, he's definitely got some history in Jamaica. They don't try and cloud over any of the drug dealing that he did. They're all very open about it. His mum was obviously very horrified to find out he did that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's all just stuff like that. It's just really nice, well put documentary with some back behind the scenes footage. They're doing some slick documentaries Netflix at the moment. Yeah, and I just I really liked. It. I just thought it was well presented. And, and yeah, you might not like it if you're not into hip hop. I just found it a really interesting story, and it certainly mm. told me a few things I didn't know before. Cool. Oh yeah, I'll give you the title. This the title of the uh, documentary was Biggie. I've got a story to tell. Nice. Which nice. is taken from one of his. I tracks. genuinely thought when I saw that in the Google document, it was like. You had a yeah, story you. that you could quote <laughs> about something that had happened you wanted to tell us? I wish I, wish I could spit bars like he did. <laughs> There's always that Biggie Tupac thing, isn't there? But yeah, I was, I'm yeah. a fan of... I, I like Tupac. He was great. Don't get me wrong. You can like them both. It's not like the you thing. There, there used to be a bit of a... There was a war. You could only like one, but now yeah. You can appreciate well, it. It kind of doesn't really apply to us because we're in England. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which coast do you subscribe to? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's very cool. true. Which which is your favourite ME uh, member? Hmm, let's put that out to vote. No, <laughs> no, I don't want to see that. Could you imagine? No, I, mean, I don't. I'd, 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 buy, don't. I'd buy some Russian bots just to up my vote. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know a link that I can send you for that. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. Um, right. Okay. We'll move on to Stig. Um, haven't you had a, a little visitor this weekend? Oh yes. Um, I was going to mention that. Little, yeah. Wow. I had uh, me and Gadget got to uh, see each other in the flesh for the first time since we started doing this podcast. It's really weird seeing you on a screen again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I can't in reach out and touch you. you. <laughs> <laughs> you just keep poking him, going. Doot, 
<laughs> no, he was, yeah. he was poking around going, no, it, it, this way. <laughs> Smashing yeah, so, your head into the keyboard. Yeah, so I have uh, um, decided to take on the editing for our Patreon specials just to help lighten the load for Gadget so not everything is thrown at him. So he came down and uh, good, man. gave me a crash course in editing. So I'm... Um, Everything's set up. All I have to do is just drop the MP3s in there and get rid of all the all the stuff and crap, and and that's it. So all all the settings don't touch any of that, and I'm I'm good to go. So, so that's all Gadget does. Then it's just push some buttons, and that's it's done. Yeah, no, yeah. Well, it was quite. It's also it's it's also at a rate of knots. I mean, he literally like I was like stop, delete this, move that, play again, and then I was watching him, and he was just like let he was just editing it as it was like playing. He was just going do 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 out out. I have to stop that slightly just to move that back. Right, go, 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 go. And I was like, okay, I need to yeah, get to that it's, point. It, it's, it's experience. Like it, it, it. Everyone makes that joke when you get into like coding. Like they do that that whole thing from the Matrix. Oh, I, I, I don't see the code anymore. I just see this function, that function, whatever. Literally, when I'm editing you guys, I can see when it's playing. Like, oh, Oodles is coughing there. That's a, that's that's Biggie's chair moving and stuff like that. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. He I'm knows what to get cut, at, what, cutting out. Like he knows what to at the end of the Matrix before he hears it. <laughs> but no, it was a really lovely time. It was really lovely to meet Steg finally, and actually to you know have human contact. We, we've been stuck in the house like it's been me and Pip just in the house together for the past fifteen months. It's nice to leave the house, go see another adult. A lovely house home. as well, by all accounts. Yeah, yeah, absolutely lovely house. And his wife made cookies. Oh, nice. do you know what? I was literally waiting to put jump in and say, please tell me you had some of those cookies. She baked. Oh yes, she did. She made some cookies for him. Yeah. Is it- yeah, and and Stig's wife, she fucking knows how to make cookies good. <laughs> <laughs> really fucking good. So is Pip out three. now? Is, is that Pip gone now? Is it? No, no, no. Now the share, now the wife swap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going on Channel 4 with, with the next year. <laughs> just going to be a lot of people shouting at each other. I can just imagine it. I can imagine, like, do you know when they have them talking head moments and wife swap, like, and, and gadgets now ripped up. Stig's skirting board that it took him hours to do. <laughs> I want a different skirting board, man. Just things like that. Am I from Jamaica in your head? <laughs> I, I, I don't know where you're from. <laughs> a weird man. Yeah, so... Uh, I was... <laughs> I'm not even drunk. I'm sober. Yeah, so outside of that... Um, I, I finished off Spider-Man. Mars Morales really enjoyed that. Um, yeah, man. Uh, like I said in Discord, I think it's a bet. I think it's a better game than the actual other Spider-Man, just purely because it feels more focused. It feels tighter. The the added Venom uh, punch and stuff, and the stealth just adds another di- dynamic to it and dimension. And yeah, the story just has more emotional impact when you finish it. It's just like you, there's more emotion within Miles' story and you, with his friends and his family than there ever was with Peter's in that game. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to whatever they do next. Um, I imagine that it's probably be Ratchet and Clank. No, no, no. Split what? <laughs> like the next Spider-Man? I imagine it'll be oh. like you'll you'll split between the two. Yeah. What I would actually quite like is a if they did it in a GTA Six style, where oh, you can you just kind of move. You can yeah. flip oh, between. Yeah, that'd be cool. To, to flip between the different Spider-Man, but they should do really a Fantastic good. Four instead. Oh, we need a good Fantastic Four game. No, we don't. We do. Uh, and it's yeah. weird because um, if you look at the history of Spider-Man, I'm really surprised when they went in the games. I've not played Miles Morales yet, so I don't know 
who's the main villain in that. They, they seem to not be sort of going, moving away from the the obvious the sinister six. enemy. Yeah, you know, it's, it's really odd to me. I thought there were some great choices of villains, and then they went for the first Spider-Man I, one. I, 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 no, I, I really liked that it was Mr. Negative in um, yeah, I did in the first Spider-Man game. Yeah, it was absolutely because, fine. I just thought it was weird that they didn't go for a well-known one, you know. I mean, there, there were still most at Sinister Six in that game. Oh, yeah, there they were. were. They were. Yeah, yeah, but I, I like I like that the, at the very least the kind of the initial push was with Mister Negative because that's a that's a back like you never really see him in the cartoons and he's very new actually, in the film in, in the grand scheme of things in the comic. Yeah. yeah, and it's like it was a nice change of pace rather than <laughs> your traditionals. I agree. I was yeah. expecting Craven or Doctor Octopus as the main villain, not it kind of was, but um, mm. yeah. Uh, Just give us carnage, man. <clears throat> <laughs> well, he kept that in the film instead. <laughs> you sound so unexcited about that. Could not give a shit. <laughs> Same. I still end up watching you it. You don't, you don't want Tom Hardy's American accent, do you? Sat I in don't. that, sat in that lobster pool again, eating my lobsters. Yeah, oh, it's fucking shite that film. Um, other than that, unfortunately, the other things I've done this week I haven't enjoyed. Um, oh, so yeah one of those I don't ones. like it when you don't enjoy things no Nick. one of those ones I've been watching Trailer Park Boys and I um, I've, so I've been watching it chronologically mm. I got to the point where I was to watch the, the movie mm. doesn't well, the movie wo- isn't good doesn't work it doesn't it doesn't tie in with the series it's like it's own thing it's like the, they've just started again and they're introducing it to people who weren't watching the fil- the series and it's just like this is pointless like it it is literally see few episodes spread out across an hour and a half and i was like that was it was very poor like just didn't work very well but the main one that i want to have a little rant about is uh one army of the dead (laughs) finally (laughs) it's coming excellent we needed this we needed this now strap in then Mm. i'm going uh, right is biggie you gonna watch this oh well it's in my list to watch but i've heard so much about it i'm (sighs) gonna find a time when i'm really Want to go and watch a shit I'll avoid movie the spoiler the bit then. I'll avoid the spoiler bit. Um, but I just, I just thought it was shit, too Same. long, and just really boring. And and it really winds me up. And I was like, oh yeah, like it's a Zack Snyder film, it's a popcorn film. What do you expect? Just have fun with it. There are plenty of good popcorn action films out there that are very enjoyable. But I just don't get why people. I mean, people can enjoy what the hell they want, right? But I just don't get where they get. I've heard people from saying this. you need to rate it differently because it's free. I'm like, I fucking pay for Netflix. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's not a good. I don't use my mum's Netflix. It. I use my own. It's free. You don't rate it. Yeah, I, I just. Like I, I think I. I think I'm finally, finally done with him. Like it's taken this like this long. Say that with Justice League. Uh, yeah, but the reason that the reason I watched this one right is because I actually do like. Uh, Dawn of the Dead. I do. I love it. And, and and he's gone back to doing a zombie film, and I thought he's proven he's proven that he can do these zombie films, and I really yeah. like that one. To be fair to him, yeah. It was uh, but it's everything, all the techniques and things he's picked up since that film is added into this film, and it's made for a worse experience. Um, the gore, the gore is brilliant. The cat, mm. cat, you know, the special effects and the gore are brilliant. There's some really good action. There's a few crappy bits of action but you get that um with these kind of films i thought the characters were paper thin i, I really again i just don't get the oh you do, it doesn't matter about the characters of course it does like like it's a zombie film am i not meant to root for these characters it's, 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 it's like it's like What's, trailer does character based yeah isn't it? it's like 
what's the point in saying like, oh, it doesn't matter? You they're know, all over the you know top. the characters are gonna, loads of characters are gonna die. It's like I know that, but give yeah. me some to care about. So when if they do die, I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, like yeah. you know, good. But I just, and, you know, I really like Dave Bautista, but even his character, I was just like, I just couldn't care. He's the best thing in it. He's the best yeah. thing in it, but it's not that. It's not that good. <laughs> yeah, and like the the whole. I did not like the zombie, the self aware zombie, the super weird. zombie. It's really weird. It's in the trailer and everything, but the zombie he's got he's got a helmet. He's got a cape. He rides around on a zombie horse. So can you remember the? Um, sorry to butt in. Can you remember the Land of the Dead? That they, they did that where, where one of the zombies was kind of. Self aware, yeah. They, they had they had him chained up, and they were trying to like teach him. Yeah, oh, it's yeah, not yeah. like that. It's, no, it's, it's it's like these are a new species of yeah, humanoids. It feels more like um, I Am Legend style, like yes, with zombies. Yes, it does. But like and that it, wasn't yeah, good. <laughs> Day, of the De- Day of the Dead showed you years ago how much how you deal with that angle. A lot yeah, where well, they're just doing the same thing over and over again. Yeah, whereas Land of the Dead, they tried to then. Um, with Romero's Land of the Dead, they tried to expand on that zombies yeah. becoming self-aware again, and it was terrible. All I remember was like the guy, he was like dressed in a janitor suit, and he was he just le- like he wandering around, walk underwater, didn't he? Yeah, he's like, Ooh! and he picked up a gun, and he'd be like, and he'd shoot Shot the gun, it. and he'd be like, Ooh! and then yeah. he'd like realize, oh, I can do something with this gun, and all of a sudden the zombies started to use guns. And, and was just, like, the, the, the made fireworks, so they were distracted, but he started ignoring the fireworks. Yeah, exactly. It? Yeah, he yeah. realized, but like. <laughs> Like for Romero, he did that so well in Day of the Dead. Yeah, he did. And then he just, and he just, it was shit in London. But yeah, but this just takes it to another level. Like where he's like, it's off putting. I think he's got a queen. He's got like, like kind of like his underlings. I don't and like, act he like knows how they what, act. He knows what's going on. Like it just feels too. Yeah, it doesn't feel like the undead. Yeah, at yeah, all. Exactly, exactly. And that's kind of I didn't like that. Um, the I whole thing is sorry. I was going to say, I, I watched the um, the pitch meetings video on it, <laughs> which uh, summed it up quite nicely in about seven minutes, and I'm yeah. glad I didn't spend the two and a half hours watching it. Because yeah. even even though, obviously, pitch meetings is taking the piss out of it, and it's like going through enough of the major plot points and major features of the film to go, no, that's a lot of very stupid shit. Yeah, and yeah. I don't is. want that stupid shit in my it's zombie film. It's not clever. That's the thing. No, it's just not, it's not clever at all. It's off-putting. There's some horrible scenes that are... I bet it thinks it's clever. It does think that's the problem. It thinks it's clever, and it's just not. It just, just it just definitely shy. goes like, do you know what would be cool? Do you know what would be cool? <laughs> do you know what would be cool? Yeah. It's like, but yeah, like the whole thing, a film. the whole thing is a video game. That's yeah. how it... It's like there's stealth sections, there's QT sections, there's timing sections, there's side missions, there's a boss fight. Like the whole thing is just is pretty much done like a video game. And there's even a joke in there that like kind of suggests that it yeah something might be going on like that. Um, and is there it's, any parkour in it? Because I'm thinking, is this like some really convoluted way of marketing? There's no parkour in it, but there's like breakdancing zombies. Yeah. Oh, now I'm watching it. <laughs> what? It's oh, not God. Well, they don't break down. They just kind of like do break. They, they look like Eddie Gordo, like doing yeah. flips to, to, during oh, fights. I'm, I'm seriously during watching it. No, yeah. it's, not, it's not good, though. That's the I, thing. No, I don't care. Just for that alone. But I just, yeah, I just, for me, I've, I've got past the point. I mean, I mean, I know people can say, well, you like the Marvel films and they're exactly the same, but it's like, yeah, maybe, but, but at least they try to, like, this is just. The Marvel films are character based and they fully acknowledge that. Yeah, at least you've got characters to to root for yeah. or root against. Like, even if you know, if, even if you kind of know where it's going, 
like uh, you know, even even Thor, even if they are cutty cooker, like yeah, cooker like kind of films. Yeah, even Thor like, two's got that character that you still know that can it can ground it in that little universe, can it? Even mm. though it's shit, it can still. Yeah, it's, this this has got nothing going for yeah. it. Yeah, and, and no, not for me anyway. And finally, I'll move on. Um, someone really should have explained what the Cranberries song "Zombies" was about before Zack Snyder put it into his zombie film. <laughs> really should have, because just because it says "zombies" doesn't mean that's what it's about. Yeah, it's just, it's, to be honest, it's a bit it's a bit um, narrow minded. Ever the king of subtlety, that one isn't he? That's mm-hmm. like um, that Alan Partridge sketch when he talks about uh, talking to the Irish and he goes. The uh, U2 song, uh, Sunday, Bloody Sunday, because yeah. I hate Bloody Sundays as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's basically to that level. It's to that yeah. level, honestly. It's just yeah. it's narrow-mindedness. It's, it's, I, I think like, I was reading the thing about um, Army of the Dead where some of his crew don't edit him well enough because sometimes his wife helps him and that doesn't shit. No but one does. No, no one, one seems. Does. No one seems to be saying, look, Zach, Zach, Zach. Simmer down. I know you're excited. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I know you're excited, but just, just subtle, subtle. Yeah. Like, I get he's, he's a passionate filmmaker, and everyone who says he's worked with is that, and you can see that when he talks about his films, but someone just needs to edit him. He's a bit of a man-child, isn't he? Yeah. What's he doing next? <sighs> Probably the uh, sucker punch cut, isn't he? <sighs> there is. <laughs> actually, actually, I think he said he had a... Um, an idea for Star Wars, but obviously it'll be Don't. not. Not it will be Star Wars. It'll be as <laughs> a Zack Snyder style Star Wars. So the Wookiees become self-aware. And I, and I, and I, and I, I say I'm done with him. You know, I'll probably You'll watch, watch it. it. It's car crash. We had weird relationship with him. It? Yeah, it's, it's, it's like anytime Oodle says, "I'm not going to buy that game that comes out on Friday," and uh, one minute past ten on a Friday morning, lads have bought it. Yeah, the the he's thing re- is, he's ready to talk about it on Sunday. I get caught on, on Discord. It shows, it shows what I'm playing. It. it shows what I'm playing, and I'm like, "Oh fuck, they've caught me again. <laughs> <laughs> I've been captured." So, uh, gadget. Apart from um, caressing Stig, what have you been up to this week? Uh, so, a couple of things. So, from one kind of pop- bad popcorn film to one good popcorn film. Uh, last night, Bear Pip and I watched Ant Man because she's never seen it. I love Ant Man. I, re- I love Ant Man. I really like it, and it's don't spoil it though. It- no, no, I won't spoil it, but it is one of my favourite Marvel films for the simple fact is it doesn't really connect that much to like the main plot running through the, yep. through the entire Infinity Saga. It's fairly light-hearted, mm-hmm. a little bit of drama in it, but I really like all the characters. Um, I think Paul Rudd as um, Scott is brilliant. Um, I like... Um, he's good in everything, isn't he? Uh, yeah, and also he doesn't age, and he's really wholesome. I don't know what's wrong with it. Him and Keanu sure Reeves kind of are vampires. God. Maybe a vampire, maybe yeah. a god, I don't know. But either way, he's Paul Rudd's really fantastic in he it. Is. Um I like um Michael Douglas as Hank Pym. Same. I like Evangeline Lilly as Hope. Like I like everybody in it. Um it gets a bit silly near the end, but it's a it's a film about a man that shrinks down at the size of an ant. Yep. How grounded in reality can it be? Yeah. But uh it it's definitely as well because I think because it started life being like Edgar Wright wrote it. Didn't get to direct it because he had kind of conflict of interest with uh, conflict of scope, I would say, with um, with uh, Disney and Marvel. Yeah. Um, but he wrote it, and it definitely feels like a Edgar Wright film. And I, I think that's, that's its benefit. His final vision for that, I mean, it would have been interesting. To be fair, I think there's a lot of his final vision. I there's do. A lot, I there's, think there's, so. There's, there's Release the Edgar Wright cut. 
He <laughs> <laughs> left during production, not during. The I know. Ending. I know. You can tell um, the dialogue's all him. It's all. Oh him. yeah. There are sections. There are definitely bits and jokes that it, left in there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The, the 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 three the three sections of of exposition with Louise. Oh uh, god, that is genius. Great. Yeah. Yep. Genius. So well done. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's the, just like Scott Pilgrim. Those those little bits, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Super fun. Uh, yeah, and and there's and there's stuff like when like the, the um getting set up for stuff. There's that Edgar Wright kind of that slamming from thing to thing to thing to thing. Sharp kind of cuts, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, really, really enjoyed that. I've obviously seen it before, um, but we're going to watch Ant Man and the Wasp soon as well because, like I said, Pep's never seen them, and she's seen all the Marvel films apart from the Ant Man films for some reason. So, hmm. and I, like I, said, I like both of them. I, I do. Think they're really good films. Um, I also do really love the, um, the 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 one bit that connects it to the to the main kind of Avengers plot line. Um, I'm not going to spoil what it is because I'm not going yeah. to be listening. It's a, it's 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 about well, it's about two minutes in the middle. It's a really fun little fight scene. I think it's really good. Oh yeah. Oh, oh fuck! That. I forgot about that. Yeah. I thought you meant. I thought you meant the other thing. I did. No, I no, did. no, 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 not 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 the other thing. The the, the other thing's a bit tenuous. But no, the, the bit in the middle yeah, of the it's film fucking where brilliant, it links it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So yeah, watch Ant Man if you haven't. Seen, even if you've seen it, just fucking watch it. It's a great it's film. It's a lovely film. Um, yeah. But the main the main thing I want to talk about. Uh, I started playing today. Knockout City. I've heard a lot about oh, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Knockout City is game released by EA. It is oh. so, so, don't, so you know get get your garlic out. Just hold it up for the vampires. <laughs> it's fine. Get your crosses. But either way, it it's not the most EA game I've ever played. It's definitely not Dead Space Three. Oh. Uh, <laughs> it's not broken for a start it actually works mm. um, it's a multiplayer dodgeball game and it's got a very Fortnite style art uh, like art direction like very kind of chunky cartoony art style it's really fun mechanically it's brilliant you're just running around these maps it's three on three you've got you've got you pick up uh, dodgeballs that you find in, in the map hurl them at each other you can take two hits and then you're out and then you get a point is that it? I thought it was a proper dodgeball game as in you're on a court no, 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 no! It's 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 like it's like inner city maps and oh right, like, so it's, it's, it's Splatoon like, sort of yeah. Like uh, the level design is somewhere between Splatoon and Overwatch. Okay, so it's I can that kind that. of slightly sci-fi Overwatch thing with the chunky cartoon yeah. style of um, Splatoon. But I've heard it's got the fun factor of like Rocket League. Like it no could be, way! It could be something it's, like that. Yeah, it's got like the really short rounds, like in um, Rocket League. It's got that kind of drop in really quickly thing that Fortnite has. Um, oh. It is a lot of fun. Mechanically, it's really sound. I'm a bit slow on some of the controls. I'm still getting used to it. Um, because it's got cross-play as well, I'm very aware that I'm playing against... Because I'm playing it on the Xbox. I'm very well I'm playing against some PC players. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> Just because I can't seem to turn my camera around But fast you will win when you play against the Switch players. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> if it's cross-play, then, then we can do that as a group stream. We're talking, well, I'm playing it on Game Pass anyway. So yeah, exactly. It's on, it's, it's on, P- it's on PC Game Pass. Oh shit! Let me write so, that down. Yeah. So, but it's um, it is really, really good. Um, I really enjoy it. We um, need it. We need a game, guys. We need we need a game like that. Yeah, and like I say, graphically, it, graphically, it's beautiful. Um, the rounds are really short, so you get like a timer of five minutes for each round, but it's basically first to ten wins. So it's usually really quick to get to ten. Um, f- a few situations where you kind of run in, run into areas, and you get the entire enemy team, and you get absolutely destroyed. And it's just got some really fun things, like like so. In each ma- each round, you get like there is like a special dodgeball. So one of them is like the sniper ball, where you, you like kind of hold it over your shoulder like an American football, and it gets a laser sight and like tracks nice. whoever whoever you're aiming at. 
but my favorite one is the cage. I think it's called the cage ball. I'm not really sure what, the, what it's called. But it, is, it basically looks like a, a spherical cage. When you throw it at someone, it traps them in it and they become the ball. Like a Pokeball. Yeah. So so they've got like 10 seconds to try and get out of it. Nice. If you pick pick them up in their ball form, you can knock out their entire team with them and then hurl them off the map. Oh, nice. Wow. <laughs> it's like the ultimate sporting disrespect. Nice. <laughs> but it's really, really fun. I really like it. And like, if you've got Game Pass, it's absolutely... I, like, I wouldn't buy this game, but if you want to buy it, it's like 20 quid. It's like not even a full price They're usually game. not massive gigabytes either, them type of games. It's about four gigabytes or something like that. Lovely. It's tiny. Um, but yeah, it's like it's on. If you've got an Xbox and or PC and you've got Game Pass, you might as well because it's there. It's really good. I but really enjoy it. I'm that's the thing, though. It. If it if it does become really big, like really popular, this will be another game where it gets released on Game Pass and PlayStation owners would have to buy that. Yeah, and I, I think it's something that Xbox have really thought about where it's coming to the Game Pass about getting these really good, fun multiplayer stuff on there. Even Outriders yeah. has been sort of slammed here or there, but at the end of the day, as a co-op game, my friends yeah, that have played involved, it have yeah. enjoyed it, playing it as co-op. You know, the, the, the story's all bull, but the actual <laughs> yeah, game it is. itself is, is fun to play. And I think Sony have really, uh, funny enough, dropped the ball on this one. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> and with, um, I, think, I think Sony haven't allowed cross-play either. I think that they wanted, wanted too much Sony, money from EA to, to enable cross-play. Yeah. I'm, sure, I'm sure I read something Grow up, that, Sony. But- <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, play Knockout City. It's really, really fucking good, and it's just nice to pit, have a game that I just downloaded one afternoon because I was bored, mm. and I put it on, and I, I lost about four hours to it. Oh, it's just yes. an absolute blast. Yes, mate. Really super simple game to get your head around, and you'll you'll get absolutely destroyed by twelve year olds on it pretty pretty consistently. But the every time you have a good round, you have a good round, you get a good few kills on it, and it's just like. Yeah, that's, that's how Rocket that's League gets you as well, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. You get yeah, Rocket League's the same. You get smashed inside out for about two hours, mm. then you get one good game. <laughs> it's usually when we stop talking, isn't it, and actually communicate, actually play. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, um, yeah, that'll probably make it to be a stream game for us at some oh, point. Oh, fantastic! It is a lot of fun. Cool. Thank you very much. Um, I have also been playing computer games. Um, I've been playing Demon X Machina on the Switch. Now, well, you actually bought a physical game. Yeah, I know. Look, you can't see this on the uh, on the podcast, but I am holding a box. <laughs> All the um, listeners are looking around. That's not from Argentina. <laughs> that box. That's from <laughs> Europe. Um, basically, I start a deal for Amazon Germany uh, to get Demon X Machina for get ready seven pounds. Nice. So I had to wait, obviously, a week, but it turned up. <laughs> I had to turn it into English, and boom. It's an incredible, um, you know, I like big robots. Um, it's basically Big Robots Monster Hunter. It's the best way I could possibly describe it. It's Nintendo as fuck. I know Nintendo don't technically make it. I think they just published it. And um, it's just, I just really enjoy it. Do you know when you sometimes, like the best thing about Nintendo Switch is you can be anywhere, can't you, and play it? And this, yeah, this, this the selling boys of it. The, the, yeah, this game has five minute maps, so all right, you just it, it's got a story. Um, I'm skipping the dialogue; it's boring. So, <laughs> so, so it's even more convenient than Monster Hunter Rise because Monster Hunter Rise is great on the Switch, but like the, the, some yeah. of the fights will take you forty minutes. Yeah, like I killed a boss on it. I'm, I'm about twenty five percent through it. Uh, the story, anyway. I killed a boss, and this this is the big one. It's going to take a while. It took ten minutes. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> he did, but that's not the main thing I want to talk about. Uh, I've also been 
playing Dragon Quest XI, but I'm not going to definitely not going to talk about that. You can't. You can't possibly talk about that. <laughs> no, no, I'm back on that. Um, uh, do you know the weird thing is I'm playing two separate versions of it at the same time. Oh, Even I haven't done that. I'm, what? You're playing it twice. <laughs> yeah, I'm playing my Switch version and I want on my Xbox. Just two different yeah, builds. I'm playing the 2D version on Switch and the 3D version on the Xbox. It's the same game. Are you like getting through one town on one console and yeah. putting over to the other? <laughs> That's basically. I'm just checking the differences, and there are slight differences. Yeah, um, the story differences. Obviously, there's a lot of stuff that you can't do on the 2D version, especially in the battles and stuff. But yeah. Um, Still best game ever. Uh, but the main thing I want to talk about is a film I watched, um, I think it was on Wednesday as of recording. Um, it's called Brightburn. It's on Netflix. Oh, yeah. I, I just added this to my um, I don't recommend this film. <laughs> uh, basically, it's one of those films that you read the blurb and you think, fuck, this premise has got me. That is a premise. Um, without spoiling too much of the film, it's imagine if Superman... Literal Superman when he crashed on the uh, Kent farm. Imagine him being a little bastard. Imagine if he was bad. Naturally yeah, imagine bad. If yeah. he was a baddie. Not, not the Red Sun. Imagine if he landed in Russia. Imagine if he landed where he landed, but he was a twat. <laughs> and that's the film. Uh, it starts off, it's very interesting. There's lots of parallels with um, like real earth creatures, there's a big parallel between bumblebees and wasps and how bumblebees are the uh, the gatherers and wasps are the predators. He's likening himself to a, a wasp. Um, and then he just turns into a horror film, like a proper slasher horror film, out of nowhere. Um, this kid, this kid called, I think it's Brandon, something like that. Uh, they're in a town called Brightburn, that's where it comes from. He just starts murdering. <laughs> a little 10-year-old starts murdering because he's... He's basically got all the powers that Superman's got. And um, he'd absolutely dropped the ball. Like, literally, at the exact halfway point of the film, he just went, I, I just went, oh, no, he's not doing this. I yeah, thought, same, I, exactly the same. I, I was good. I was like, oh, this is, it starts off so fucking, it's got, um, it's got uh, Pam's ex-boyfriend from the American office in it. <laughs> it's got um, Miri from Zack and Miri Maker Porno. It's got her in it. <laughs> I don't know the names. So it's so it's Elizabeth Banks is the is yeah. the, the lead actress. Yeah. And then yeah, David Denman, whose biggest claim to fame is playing Pam's Pam's ex boyfriend. I looked up the Wikipedia on this one because it's one of those films that I remember seeing advertised. I think mm. I know nothing about this. Like it's it's such a I mean it's a very low budget film. Its budget was under twelve million dollars. Yeah. yeah. The director doesn't even have his own Wikipedia page. It's a, a James That's Gunn. Terrible. It's a James Gunn film, but he's seen, no, it's not. He, no, it's, it's not. Produced produced it. It. James Gunn produced film. Produced it, yeah. James James Gunn produced it because his two brothers wrote it. Right. It's nepotism in film. Yeah, film, that makes sense. But it's directed by David Yarovsky. Okay. Yarovsky. <clears throat> yeah. I thought that was you more of a pseudonym for. James Gunn. I was just going to say, yeah, maybe it's just one of those. That's what I thought it was. I, I found out that today that it was. <laughs> David Yarabeski, I've just Googled him. He, he's the wish.com version of James Gunn when you look at his picture. Who is it? Who does? Did you see the post credits? Yes, thing? I did. Yes. I didn't see that because I just turned the film off and it ended. <laughs> the post credits so makes it, it even more of a James Gunn film. But yeah, Brightburn isn't a good film, and it's one of those where 
if it was a, um, I don't know, like a Black Mirror episode, the first half would be perfect. But I always say if it's a Black Mirror episode because that's the standard for me, um, <clears throat> even though not all of them are good. But, yeah, it's just it's one of, it's one of those cases where you just think, oh, God. Do you know when you, you, you don't physically shout at the telly, but your brain's like, fuck's sake. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You've done this. <laughs> Do you know? Do you know how like Quentin Tarantino films make you go? Fuck's sake! You've done this. Yeah. It's the opposite. Right. <laughs> it's the opposite. It's like ah. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, it's such a strong, a strong premise. And I hope the premise is not dropped because they did it with that Chronicle as well. Then that wasn't good either. Um, where superheroes become bad type thing. Um, no, I liked that actually. I didn't. I enjoyed that. I thought it was shit. But. This <laughs> it's on Netflix. I'm not going to fight you over it, but I, I like it. <laughs> it's on Netflix, so as some people say, it's free. <laughs> so uh, if you want to, it's not overly long. It's only about an hour and a half. But yeah, uh, it's strong first, like forty five minutes, and then it's just shit. It just it literally just turns into a slasher with Superman. Well, Superboy. Um, yes, uh, absolute two out of five. You know what I mean? Lots of recommendations yeah. from us this week. Play Dragon Quest Eleven. <laughs> On any platform you want. That's my recommendation. Knockout City and watch Ant Man. Yes. Please. We've got plenty. We've got plenty. Play Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> on everything. Right then, Biggie. What are we talking about this week? Thanks for getting my name right. So it's all about <laughs> judging a book this week by its cover. So, what films, book, music, games did any of us write off before trying and finding that we actually enjoyed them? Alternatively, was there ever a time? when we thought that a game that, that was going to be shit, turned out it wasn't. Mm. It's, a good, it's, a good, it's a good one, this. So um, in typical modern escapism style, we're going to do a little bit of a round table, even though we've never sat at a table and recorded together. Um, <clears throat> we're going to start with you, Stig, because I'm sure you've judged many a book by its cover. I have. I'm going to go in quite deep. I, I like it deep. deep end with this one. Uh, it's... <laughs> do you mean it like that? Um, I'm going to talk about Amy Winehouse. Okay, okay. Um, Amy Winehouse is someone I grew up not particularly caring for. I uh, didn't think her music was any good. I didn't think her as she was as a person was any good. Uh, and I saw her very much like the press presented her. Yeah, and I then watched the documentary Amy mm, and it completely reason. and utterly changed my perception Such of her. Such a good documentary. Uh, it's a fascinating insight into basically what is a troubled life of a woman who struggled with fame and surrounded herself by the wrong people and it completely turned me around on how talented and how good her music actually was mm. and how, yeah, and like I said, how talented she was and um, this documentary is just, it's just, enthralling and tragic and depressing but it completely turned me around on the woman that was Amy Winehouse um if you've not seen it I really recommend watching it it's um a documentary by Asif Kapadia yep and what he does with this is there's no talking heads <coughs> so <clears throat> in traditional documentary fashion what you would usually get is people would sit and they'd talk about the subject, especially when it's someone who's passed away or posthumously. You, you, you can't really trust these things. You, you know, like you're only getting it from one side. You're getting it from the way that the 
document the guy who's making the documentary wants to perceive the subject. Yeah, yeah. What he does though is you just watch home footage filmed from home cameras, filmed from the press, filmed from her uh, her own like uh, mobile phone cameras from her friends and things like that. So you see all this basically as it was going down uh, from her side, really, more than someone sitting there going, oh, this happened, this happened, and this happened. Like, you, you, you get a better understanding. And yeah, and I just, I was trying to think of what something that, what, someone I, something I really, really judged wrong, really, really misjudged. Mm. And Amy Winehouse was just just popped into my head when I was trying to think of it, and it's mainly down to this documentary because um, the way that her dad Blake and her manager uh, dealt with her they were just pure baddies, was, weren't they? Yeah, it was disgusting. Like they, they should be thoroughly ashamed themselves. Yeah. The fact that they had like refused to have like some of the footage that yeah. showed them in a bad light Clearly. in this documentary in this documentary taken out um she says everything about it um one of her biggest hits um about uh, they tried to make me go to rehab but i said no that is not her that was all her dad yeah she came out she was saying i need to do this i need to go and get myself clean i need and to like, you've got get my mind clean i've got yeah all he cared about was no 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 just carry on you don't need to go to rehab just do your gigs do this you know you, yeah. you're fine as it is you're fine as it is and it just really, really changed my mind on her um, mm. and how much of a of a waste of a beautiful talent yeah. it actually is. Um, so yeah, sorry for being all like, no, no, a, it, it, it's it's good. A game or a film that I like, I thought was going to be shit and turned out to. be I was exactly the same until I, I was a fan of her music. I was. Um, my wife certainly was, but um, I didn't know an awful lot about her. And I'm the same as you. I just saw her as she was presented until I saw that. And then I was like, ah. I think at the time she came out in the pop music scene, I think she was an absolute breath of fresh air. She, it seemed like, obviously behind the scenes there was issues and traumatic things unfolding, but the way she presented herself, her look, her actual raw singing talent, then at the time when the cheeky girls are, in top 10, it's an absolute massive breath of fresh air for industry. Mm, I, uh, I think she was absolute, uh, absolute talent. I've never been a massive pop music person, but sometimes you get those earworms and sometimes it's earworms for the bad reason, but with, with all, every, every Amy Winehouse song I've ever heard, even when it came out, I just thought, I absolutely slaps. She, she, she was also the tip of the iceberg for that kind of 60s revival thing that you got in the mid, in the, in the mid 2000s because you had her, you had like Duffy, she had a couple of singles like that yeah. sound and Paloma Faith. Girls Allowed, Paloma Faith, Girls Aloud did a few singles yeah. like, in that style of like 60s music. Mm. Mm. And like it's, it's I said, empowering, like, I, wasn't it? It was. I, I don't know why, but I think I just wrote her off because of the way that she'd been presented on in the press. Oh, she was in, in the, the newspaper, newspaper every past day. And things yeah, like, yeah. Have I Got News For You and Mock The Week and things yeah. like that. Like, where, where this documentary actually shows that cat, that was having a really bad negative effect on her. And, I, and, and as a teenager, I just kind of wrote her off and was like, I don't want to listen to that music. Like, I don't want to listen to her. And I watched this documentary and I listened to music and I was like, fuck. Like I yeah. really dropped the ball. Yeah. At, like when she was at the height of her popularity, and and I really should have been paying attention and listening to that music. And now it's kind of too late. I can still enjoy the music, but it's too late to ever 
see her live or get anything new from her and appreciate a new album coming out. It's so, a shame, yeah. isn't it? Amy Winehouse is my first. Good pick, mate. Good pick. So we'll move over to Biggie. Um, yeah, so I have picked something um, that you guys, apart from, I think, Stig, uh, have experienced. And I was going to talk quite a bit about this, but then we had an email come through that summed it up quite well. And it's from uh, Andre the Blacksmith himself, our Smashious Clay. <laughs> I'm going to talk about Dark Souls. So he wrote in and said, Dear all, the thing that I have misjudged the most went on to be my favourite game series of all time, Dark Souls. I was never someone that sought out difficult games. I didn't like feeling like my time was being wasted and there for my enjoyment, not struggle. So the marketing and internet chatter around Dark Souls sounded like something I'd hate. The get good crowd love to hold up the Soul series as some paragon of difficulty and obfuscation. <laughs> I can't say the word. <laughs> obfuscation, is that right? Ob- obfuscation. Thank you. Thanks for throwing that <laughs> what word What does it in. mean? I don't know. Um, so- like, if you obfuscate something, you like hide its meaning. It's like you pur- purposefully make it vague. Nice. Yeah, thanks for throwing Writing that Writing that down? In. So I just avoided it entirely, like that word. It wasn't until Bloodborne came out and a friend lent me his copy. He was going away for the weekend and insisted I try it and that I finally give it a go and understood what all the fuss was about. The games are tough, but the difficulty feels fair. Enemies are rarely cheap and deaths feel like they're your fault. I realised what I disliked wasn't hard games. It was the games where the difficulty just felt like someone had taken the normal game mode and added 50% to a boss's health bar (laughs) and made them hit twice as hard. I still play a lot of games on easy, playing Resident Evil uh, Village on casual right now, Susumi. But the Souls games have given me an appreciation for well-crafted difficulty in games, where it feels like part of the experience. Honourable mention also goes to Hades, an isometric roguelike. Nah, not my cup of tea. If it hadn't had about six months of glowing press, with everyone I listened to pushing it for Game of the Year, (laughs) I probably wouldn't have bothered. But it was still only an epic game store style, and an experience. Firing coupon that got me to try it. Probably the best game of last year. Yep. I'm now going back through the studio's back catalogue. Bastion was excellent. Yep. And that's Hugs from Smashes. But for the Dark Souls, I always avoided that because I heard it was really hard. Mm. And it is certainly not a game that I would feel comfortable in playing. So I would go near it. And because I got stitched up for this <laughs> So we, may, we threw you in at the deep end and made you scream it. Up playing it and <laughs> it's such a strange game it's and obtuse isn't it I haven't finished it I'm still playing it I'm still enjoying it and I hate it and I love it and I want to kill it I want to kill myself I want to finish the game it's just such a weird <laughs> feeling to play a game that's completely out of your comfort zone it's not a game that I would play that way I like my God of War getting in there hitting the shit out of stuff I like being the strongest cards. on the screen Battlefield, you know, shooting things. Mm. You know, I, I like the fun that I get out of games. And this game is not fun, but it is. It is. So most most uh, people, when, they, when they're on their first run of the original Dark Souls, and I'll probably lump the original Demon Souls in with this one, they get to round about where you are in the game, and you're kind of approaching the halfway mark, mm. um, where it feels like you're in an abusive relationship. <laughs> because... <laughs> You don't. You don't want to give up on the game because you've already invested so I much time still. so far. And but you also remember, like every time you beat a boss, like when you beat Quailag, the look on your face, you were so happy with it because you oh, totally. tested Blighttown and stuff totally. like that. And now I'm getting angry at the Iron Golem because he 
he cheated me the other day. It's considered and one it, of the easiest bosses as well. Yeah, um, but, but, well, well, no, he's, he's he's a roadblock for a lot of people. Is it? I think the the thing is with with Dark Souls as well, like you as you're approaching the halfway point, the halfway point of the game, most people would say is the most difficult bit of the Agreed. game. Agreed. Like the the difficulty curve reaches its peak around the halfway point of the game because after that point, I'm not going to explain why, but you your power will increase significantly. Not through not because you get like massive through gameplay. Through through gameplay, because you will be able to do something min max. Yeah, you'll be you, you'll be you'll be able to min max and you'll be able to get around the map. Yeah. So you, when you get past a bit a, a bit further on from where you are, you will probably you will probably find that you will feel very overpowered at times, and you will probably like not have as much bother. Um, but it, I, I mean, I love the Dark Souls games for the same reason. Like they were such a challenge. Like now, I as, as I've said before, whenever we brought it up, I can speed run Dark Souls. I can get through it in a few hours, but I and I miss that that time when I found it difficult because that difficulty. And I was the same as you. Like I remember watching videos of it on YouTube, early YouTube back in the day when it came out. Like thinking, I mean, I love the art style of this, but I'm never going to play that at all. Like, look how hard <laughs> it looks, and like, yeah. it's like you know, it's like, oh god, this game must hate you. It wants you to die all the time. So like, why would I want to play that? And then I played it, and then I was like, oh, I died. I want to do it again. And yeah, it's you, like you fall into it. It becomes like too. I was getting frustrated. Like the, the gargoyle fight was the one that nearly broke me, purely yeah. because it was. It seemed like every tactic I tried didn't work, and then I had two after me and I was just like oh this is fucking ridiculous and then someone said well why don't you summon someone and I felt like I then felt like I cheated by no. summoning someone in to help me oh, because no. I was trying to do it on my own that, that was the thing I was like if people again have said to me on the odd boss battle along the way why don't you summon someone I'm like no because I feel like I can do these people on my own and now I can but the fair, gargoyle you, fight was you also struggle sum- you summoned an NPC yeah. for it. you didn't summon I don't care what anyone yeah. says you some, someone on your first run you'll yeah. summon at some point I don't care what anyone mm. says you do it. I mean, I, I, I still summon for one so do I. just to get through it quickly. So do I. I mean, I, yeah. I, I, unlike you, Big, I cheated with the Soul series because I played Kingsfield, which is the the, the, the FromSoft games that inspired Demon Souls. I played Demon Souls when that came out, yeah. and then I played that. So I never had that feeling that you were, I were always like, I know what's happening. And for me, what threw, what threw me off was Bloodborne because it's like simplified. Oh, it fucks, fucks with you, and it's it's a bit more simplified. I, I couldn't I couldn't cheese it. I couldn't do what I'd I've been taught. I, I couldn't roll uh, block. I couldn't. Do you know what I mean? I had yeah, that yeah. for me. Bloodborne was was my struggle. So I had to be aggressive. Yeah, it's so I, I've been there. But for me, it was games and games and games down the line. Um, Sekiro is pretty similar as well. But then I discovered how easy Sekiro is. It's the easiest game they've done. By, ma- by a massive margin, just because you can cheat. <laughs> yeah, also, also, Biggie, like, if he's, if he's, if you, I remember seeing you getting frustrated with the gargoyles, and it was like when the second one appeared, you're like, oh, that's not fair. Imagine how we, how me noodles felt when we walked into Shadows oh. of Yarnum and there's fucking three health bars. Oh. <laughs> there's three of the bastards hurling fireballs at you. <laughs> it's just got to a point where I'm in a particular fight and I'm just, you know, when I'm, Fighting the the I don't know what you call the base enemies around the map, and you know I'm sort of just coming up to them. I'm strafing to the right, and I'm not feeling particularly under pressure so much. Whereas before, when I first played, I was like, "Oh my god, this is too hard!" But now I'm just strafing away, dodging moves. It's like, yeah, I've got this. And then you get that challenge that 
you slam against the wall. You're the like, trouble is when you stream Dark Souls, especially when it's your when it's your virgin playthrough. Everyone says, "Why don't you go see what the skeletons are doing?" And then you just get fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I worked that out. It's right because at the skeletons beginning. in games tend to be the easiest there was baddies. A few but in not the in this. chat that were saying, "Go down there, all right?" Yeah, I'm not <laughs> yeah. going down there. <laughs> but um, I just want to say also thank you to everybody that supported me on those streams and been helpful, particularly uh, Robot yeah. Monkey Gadget himself. Um, I think Deadbeat popped in. One I can't night. watch it too long. Um, For too long, it loads. stresses me out. I know. <laughs> <laughs> loads of people that popped in to be supportive who know the game. I can't watch this. Helping me. Smashes, Smashes has been. He's here. in it, so yeah. Um, yeah, so. Yeah, but yeah. But yeah, um, I just thought you summed it up really well. Um, and yeah, for me, I was really like, I'll never play that game. And now I have. I'm really the, glad. The I best have. thing is, mate, uh, before, you, before we move on, is. You've got the rest of the series to play, and once you've done this yes. first hurdle, you're in. I did it with Demon Souls. Once I'd yeah. done Demon Souls, I was I was pre 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 ready for every game in the series. So I think I think you'll I've got you'll be ready for it now. One, two, and three Dark Souls. I've got Neo, and I've got Sekiro. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so there's a few there. To you're, keep you're, going. It, honestly, it's it's it opens up so many doors for you. Like like Stig, like he's falling asleep now. Because he just won't even go near them because he's judging it. Um, but it opens doors. I played Bloodborne. Oh, yeah, good, good. Oh, sorry. Yes, I got yeah. Bloodborne as well. Um, Bloodborne's for my for my uh, people don't agree with me, but for my my it's the most departed game out of all of them. Uh, it's it's beautiful. It's, it's my favorite. It's perfect. Don't get me wrong, but it's such a departure. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, excellent. Well done. So we'll move over to uh, we'll go go to me because I'm going in order on my Zoom screen so it's just easier for me to remember um the first thing i want to talk about is um a book by dan brown oh no oh no no this <laughs> won't end get well. ready oh, no it's um a, well, which which way you're going it's this a book that you liked that you liked it but it, it turned out to be shit it's a book called <laughs> deception point <laughs> no fuck off <laughs> Right, so I read The Da Vinci Code because everyone was reading it. I found it garbage. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Garbage. Um, uh, Deception Point, written off straight away. Uh, I'm not going to read this. It's going to be shy. It's another Dan Brown. I think he wrote this before finch code didn't it yeah it was it was it was it was the book before he started uh doing robert yeah um it's completely removed from all his his mythos um i had no choice to read this book because i was in the hospital <laughs> and that's all they had i'm sure you had a choice <laughs> no i didn't it was that or watch family fortunes and stuff like that on the telly Fam- family fortunes every if that's your choice deception point or family fortunes it's family fortunes so before i tell you what <laughs> i actually think the the novel follows white house intelligent analyst rachel sexton's Involvement in corroborating, corroborating, sorry, NASA's discovery of a meteorite that supposedly contains proof of extraterrestrial life in Antarctica. Now, that's all I'm going to say on the book because the rest would be spoilerific. Um, I love this book. (laughs) I love this book. I've read this book four times since. So bad. You've read it more than you've read fucking Norma, and that was your favourite book <laughs> I know, of your life. I know. <laughs> I, know. Um, I just think, uh, like all Dan Brown books, uh, it's very easy to read because <laughs> each chapter's five lines long, so you feel like you're making progress. It's a trick. It's a, tr- it's a mind trick. All authors know this, and Gadget's absolutely shaking. He knows where it is. He's tricking out everybody. But, yeah, it's just a, a nice little removed from his... 
I know it's his, it's still his style, but it's removed from the Langdon gubbins and it's just a nice tech. I didn't see where it was going and it went to places that I didn't expect and I just really enjoyed it and I'd written it off. The cover art's shit on the book, so we're judging I mean to be fair it is. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> it's just awful. It's really bad. It's just got <laughs> basically all Dan Brown's cover arts of his name mainly, aren't they? Just big Dan Brown. <laughs> yeah. It's not a very big book. Um I don't know. It just and I don't like I'm not even kidding, I've read all his books and I think they're all crap apart from this. They're just really easy. You, you can you can can I just ask something very mm-hmm. quickly? Why do you hate the Da Vinci Code so much? Because I remember reading that, and it was just a well fast paced. It's lies book. It, 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 it was just, but <laughs> it was just, it was just a story. It was just entertaining no, he was as it to was. Put it as it fact. wasn't meant to be. Yeah, people no, thought did. it was, but it. But I just, I just enjoyed the read. It's it wasn't not very the best well story ever written, told. Though that's the issue. I, I can tell you. It, it's 300 and something pages of absolute utter fucking bollocks. But a lot of books anyway. Well, yeah, but okay. So the, the problem I have with... You can say Lord of the, the Rings is, but with, whoa, it's all a of different the, feeling. But Yeah, the problem I have with all the... Especially all the Robert Langdon books, but it's specific of Dan Brown, <laughs> is he tries he tries to write about stuff that he's got no fucking That's clue it. about. So it's, You can tell he's it's emailing like, someone that knows what they're on about, and he's just changing it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so he's he's got one where it goes into like the NSA, and he's got one where it goes into um into the stonemasons, yeah. and then there's obviously all these ones with the Catholic Church with like the Da Vinci Code and <laughs> angels and demons and stuff like that. And he's like he's like trying to pull the curtain back on all these secret societies. All these he thinks he's a bit of a Snowden, doesn't he? About. <laughs> yeah, but there is no fact in no. any of it. Like all the things in the Da Vinci Code with like with all the puzzles and stuff, it's like it's not a Resident Evil game. <laughs> like, well, that's I probably Catholic- why I enjoyed it because I probably saw it as like a game. I, know, I think I, when I read I know it, th- I know if you can get into the vaults and the Vatican, that must they must have the most incredible things in there because it's the fucking Vatican and it's the most one of the most secure <laughs> vaults in the world. I get mainly that. money, but he makes up utter shit, and it's <laughs> and and like the entire world is it okay? So it's like for me, it's like when you're saying you don't like I don't it, think he does. No, hate it, hate it with a passion. It's like when Fifty Shades of Grey was a thing. <laughs> And people were going like, oh my God, you must read this book. It's the most amazing book. It's like, it's not, it's dross. Oh, I read dross the first it. chapter of that and I was like, this is the worst writing I've ever plus, read in my plus. life. You, you finished your wank by that point, that. hadn't you, Stig, by the first chapter? They're these books that... These are the like, contents page. They're these books that hit like the zeitgeist in some weird way. Like, and I, I don't know if it's they just hit like a certain market and then it explodes wildly. Mm. But yeah. like you, you, you'd walk into like a Waterstones or a W. H. Smith, and you'd see like huge stacks. I like of these that there's Dan Brown sections. Yeah. He's done about seven books. Picks them up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, and then and then after those series finishes, the the the, the stuff that the author brings out afterwards just never gets discussed yeah, ever. ever. No, ever. Well, right. Yeah. Back, and, back to your yeah. book, Oodles. Yeah. Deception. Deception. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's fine. It's fine. Because, Sorry like, about that. <laughs> I'm not going to turn around and say this is a, a well-written tome of absolute pure knowledge. It's not. It's like you're trying to imply it's it is good. good, but it's like one of those. It, kind of what Big is kind of saying with the Da Vinci Code, but not to that level. It's kind of like those um, them drama podcasts you listen to. It's kind of like that in book form. Not the very good ones, some of the really bad ones. But I don't know. <laughs> I felt like it was, it was like light entertainment reading. Because, like, 
That, that's how I found the Dan Brown one. Yeah, well, well, they're all Dan Brown ones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but he, he does that. He does that thing. I mean, bear in mind this was on Oprah's book club, so it must be good. Uh, <laughs> well, it means it must be popular. Yeah, it that's what it meant. Good. Uh, yeah, yeah. And Doctor Phil was on um, <laughs> Oprah's book club. <laughs> yeah, it's just, and he's not even a doctor. No, <laughs> it's just, it's just. I don't know. It was just really the like all his books of twists. That's he's the M M Night Shyamalan of of um, yeah, authors. Yeah. You know, there's a twist, and with this film, the twist comes quite uh, film book. The twist comes quite early on. Um, it, it, it like like a lot of books, you've got your blurb at the back that tells you what it's about. This leaves the blurb very early on in the book, and it just turns into something else. Um, I really like the main character and the naming conventions that he has for his characters, though, are fucking shoddy, ridiculous. Um, but yeah, it's I don't know. I just liked it. It's a nice little. There's a bit of espionage in it. Not not as crazy as the NSA Codebreaker one he did. That's fuck Jesus Christ. I, I I also love the Wikipedia description of some of the characters. Go on. So, um, okay, so you have Rachel Sexton, who is your main character, yeah. an analyst for NRO and Senator Sexton's daughter. Rachel's relationship with her father is antagonistic because of his infidelity, which indirectly contributed to her mother's death in an accident. I mean, this is the standard of writing. <laughs> well, my, fa- my favorite one out of this entire list, I'm not going to go through all of them, is Corky Marlinson. Oh, Corky, yeah. Wow. He's a world-renowned astrophysicist yep. and a staunch proponent of the authenticity of the meteorite. Yep. Corky has little knowledge of proper social conduct. <laughs> Corky survives a shark attack. Yeah, yeah, he does. What it says? That's that's what that's, <laughs> that's what he says in the book. Is he trying to jump it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just it's, seriously, it's proper. It's it's popcorn reading. If you want to give it that. Um, stop calling. Stop calling shit things. Popcorn pop, reading. This is this is the them. popcorn podcast. Yeah, oh. <laughs> I want some. It's oodles trying like act like people trying to justify Army of the Dead. Here he goes trying to justify this book. <laughs> Just turn your brain off. Eat eat some popcorn. Deception point. <laughs> Nine out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we'll move over to Gadget before he has an aneurysm. <laughs> I, the thing is, I, I I there was a few things I knew when I, I read this down. Of what this I could do happen. Is, <laughs> There's a few things I was trying to think of, like what can I bring for this one? Because I, I've got a pretty good track record of not judging things by a, a cover. Um, but I did manage to find two things. So one of them I'm going to talk about, I've talked about it a few times, but I'm going to talk about the Yakuza series of games. Because I didn't know you played them. Well, yeah. I've talk- <laughs> you, you obviously don't listen when I speak on this podcast. I'm joking. Um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to go too much into it because I have talked about them a fair bit, but the Yakuza games are you play as Kazuma Kiryu, um, a member of the Yakuza in um, uh, Kamurocho, which is like a fictionalized version of a bit of Tokyo, I think. Yeah, it is. Uh, and they are, the gameplay is primarily kind of a brawling game, and it's wrapped up with this ridiculous Japanese soap opera full of conspiracy and characters and moody cutscenes and all this kind of thing. It's Shenmue. And yeah, effectively. Um, and I always looked at the, the covers of them and I always looked at what they were, and I just thought, I'd hate that. <laughs> I really, really hate that because like the only brawly game I've ever liked was Streets of Rage Two. Um, yeah. I've never been a big. I'm not a big fan of brawler games. I'm not a big fan of fighting games. Um, because I'm terrible at them. Like I can never remember combos. I, I'm never quick enough to manage to do the fighting properly. We've got a Street Fighter tournament um, coming up, guys. Oh <laughs> fuck that! I'll referee it. <laughs> if I, I'll commentate. I'll be a shoutcaster for it, but I won't be playing it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like uh, so. 
when I got the Xbox when it uh, came out in November, I was kind of flicking through Game Pass and Yakuza Zero was there. I thought, you know, I've got Game Pass. It's not going to cost me anything. I'll give it a try because people have said it's a good one. And fuck me, I loved it. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. Like, um, the combat I still found difficult and I was playing on it. I should have, for what I wanted from the game, played on easy mode. I played on normal and some of the bits were brutally hard. Mm. Um, because I didn't really get the combat until maybe like the last third of the game, but I enjoyed every minute of that game. It's they're mad, they're absolutely insane. Um, they are possibly some of the strange games I've ever played. They revel in their excess, like the game. They're long games anyway, but like they just allow it. They allow it to get. It, it presents itself as this kind of almost realistic game where like everything's really well detailed and. People look realistic and sound realistic. And then they do crazy shit like you have a boss fight with one of the leaders of a Yakuza family in a sewer while the guy's riding a motorcycle beating you in the stomach with a metal pipe at 50 miles an hour. Does that not happen in Newcastle? No. <laughs> happens in Leeds, I think, yeah, yeah. in Newcastle. Um, but yeah, like, like stuff like that. Like it, it revels in its silliness in places and... I've, since um, since I got the Xbox, I've played through Yakuza Zero. I've played through Yakuza Kiwami, which is the remake of the first one. About halfway through Kiwami Two, which is the remake of the very second game. Yeah, I think they're brilliant. Have you played Judgment and yet? No, because I'm I'm going to work through them in order. So once I finish Kiwami Two, I'll go on to I've three. I've played four, three five. of them, and Judgment's my favourite. Yeah, I hear Judgment's a real high point. That's kind of a spin-off more yeah, than anything, yeah, yeah. but it's the same style of game, same play. land, really, same place. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, I just found myself getting really invested in Kiryu's story. Um, I like the, like I say, I really like the silly shit that comes out of it. There's some stuff I don't like. I don't like the hostess bar stuff and the kind of the general kind of veil, veil of creepiness that you get because it's like a mix of kind of 80s, 90s, and early 2000s yeah. Japanese male culture. And it's just a bit, it's a bit, you feel a bit dirty about things. Like there, there was one thing that, that Kawami did, which I thought which started off me thinking was really, really good. Which was um, there? There is a subplot where you basically become friends with a hostess at a hostess bar, uh, and when you first start talking to her, she's quite forward with the fact that she's gay, mm-hmm. yeah. and you end up having quite a sweet little friendship with her. I thought, oh, that's actually lovely because that kind of turns the idea of you going and paying for a woman's company. Yeah, it kind of turns it around on its head. Until I look through the achievement list, and there's an achievement for sleeping with her, yeah. and I thought, no, no, yeah. you started so well, and you you fucked it up, didn't you? It's awful to say, but. It is a boy game. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. It, that's and not in a good way. Not in a good but, way. Yeah. But the actual, if you, t- I mean, that's all side stuff. You don't have to do that kind of stuff. If you just go for the core story, yeah. I really enjoy them. Um, so, yeah, I, like I say, I put off playing them for years and years and years. And then I, when I actually finally did, it was just like, holy shit, I really like this. And I've got now like fucking seven more games ahead of me to play. And they're all about 30 hours long. I'm going to be here for years. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that could bring me back to that series would be if they released the, um, is it the Edo um, era one where it's like yeah, old samurai. Yeah, yeah. If they released that over, I'd play that, but I'm not. I'm just, it's just not a thing I'm into. Uh, which is which is fair enough. Like I, said, I didn't expect to enjoy. That's it, what I liked um, about Judgment because you weren't a member of the uh, Yakuza, so I don't know. What the, yeah, the the thing is the way the stories go is like. I don't think you ever actually do much Yakuza Oh, no, do you fuck? <laughs> you're just, you're <laughs> like, looking supermarkets for a long time because they yeah, look like, really good. Like, like The most Yakuza thing you do is at the very start of um, Yakuza Kiwami 
where you have to go and shake some guys down for some money. And then the plot happens. And then you've got no time to plot, be a gangster then, have you? <laughs> yeah, when the plot happens, you actually end up being the good guy for all of it. Yeah. Like almost like it's like it's almost like you you might as well just think of it as like being an undercover policeman for all of the series because I, I get that. Everything you're doing is against the Yakuza. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> I get that. Like, I mean, in the in the first in the prequel and the and the first game, you managed to destroy four Yakuza families. Oh yeah, you're an absolute you're an absolute <laughs> wrecking machine, aren't you? <laughs> He's the toughest man in existence. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. yeah. I, I love Kiryu. He's amazing. Yeah, I, 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 the man, I like the, him. The man never smiles. He's got a scowl <laughs> permanently on he, his face. He would not. He, he'll never say no to a karaoke competition. Absolutely not. In fact, I'm, in fact, just for you listeners, I'm going to drop in some of Kazuma's karaoke. Kari- the first one he does right from, from zero is the best. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's hilarious. <laughs> yes, man. Thank you. So we'll go swiftly back to uh, Stig. Yeah, my next one is quite a broad subject. Oh. Um, Podcasting. <laughs> Wrestling. <no>. It's um, <laughs> no, just indie games. Oh, okay. I think I just, see where you're going with this. Might be the broadest of subjects, but okay. Yeah. No, well, not when you consider where I'm coming from. I obviously played video games since the late 80s. Um, early 90s, but until probably the Vita slash the Switch era, it's I've never I don't I've just not played any games. It's all AAA like me. AAA, double A yeah, games, yeah. FIFA's, CODs. Yeah, I was like same up until about the Vita as well, mate. Um, yeah, like the, might, might, might want to explain for the non gamers in the audience what a AAA or a double A game. Okay, is, so what, at least what the difference is. Yeah, the so basically, AAA games are your Big budget games, so think of them in the terms of a big budget blockbuster Call film. Call of Duty type thing. Like, yeah, the big, like, so if it's the single player ones, you're Kills talking them. like your Tomb Raiders, Grand Theft Auto, Charters, your God, Grand Theft Autos, your God of Wars, and then, yeah, the likes of your sports games like FIFA or your shooters like COD, things they like that. They tend to be games um, that cost as much as films. Yeah, like huge, like, yeah. you know, mass marketed games. For the, the ones you see on the side of buses. General public. <laughs> and then you have, yeah. obviously, like your indie games, which are niche games. Small teams. Small te- yeah, small teams, not a lot of money and things. And, yeah, so a mm. lot of my gaming, I, I don't know why, I just never really played indie games. I mean, there might have been some in there, which I never really realised were indie games, but predominantly was just the well-known ones. Not Yeah, not same, mate. That I'm gonna I'll, talk I'll about. admit I was saying. And then I started like listening to uh, gaming podcasts and joining gaming communities, and people are like, "Oh, have you tried this? Have you played this?" And they talk about it on the podcasts, and people would discuss about it. And I was like, "Do you know what? I'll, just, I'll give these a go." Some of them are just absolutely fucking amazing, and it's like, <laughs> and you just feel like, "How have I spent all this time just ignoring these games because ah, oh, that looks a bit shit." That that doesn't look. I, I like, remember the, that game's only four hours long. There's no point in that. Yeah, and just I was being saying, really just like 
turned off by that kind of stuff and like, oh, well, this isn't a 30 hour massive cinematic game. What's the point? Um, they look old, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Or like, oh, why would I want to play a game that looks like 16 bit when it's, yeah, you know, I remember the PS4 first generation. indie game I actually played and, and paid money for. It was Braid. And that changed a lot for me. I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's quite mm. late on as well. It, Braid, because 360, I think it came out on, didn't it? Yeah, it was it was part of that three sixty yeah. summer of indie thing that I had like four actively or five paid years. money for a game that I knew wasn't massive budget, and I was like, "Holy shit!" I know, obviously, I've probably played some Game Boy games, uh, SNES games, and stuff like, and PlayStation games that were technically indie games and probably not realised. Well, Sony did a massive push, didn't they? Uh, at one point, they were really pro. Indie, they were putting a lot of support on behind PS4. Them, sort of. They did, but and now Microsoft have kind of sort of come around the other side, and now they were good on 360. Though indie. Microsoft with the indie push, mm. really good. Yeah, yeah. So it wasn't like until I got a PS4, and at that same time I got a Vita, and then the Switch is just like oh, God. Yeah, the Switch is just the perfect uh, console for indie games. Oh yeah, just it's just it is like play especially when like because some of them do have these like toned down graphics or like a bit you know that some of them are 8-bit or 16-bit like graphics yeah. on purpose playing them on a big screen kind of washes away a lot of what makes it look the 4k good, monitor so. it's like what's yeah the point? <laughs> yeah so putting it on my 55 inch tv just looks a bit <laughs> yeah doesn't really have give the effect of the same of just playing it on that except little hollow night screen. obviously never played hollow night on my screen oh, i just played it on on the switch stunning um, but yeah, Hollow Knight is the perfect example. It is in my top five games of the last generation. 100%. Um, before this last generation, I would have just looked at something like that and gone, nah, not interested. But I gave these games a go and found out that some of them are absolutely amazing. I've got uh, I've got a list here with some of them. I think the first one that I kind of jumped in on, um, I think it was from listening to C- TCGS and Dave was talking about Hotline Miami a lot. Yeah, great uh, game. Yeah, so Hotline Miami, jumped in on that. Guacamole. Yeah. Um, and then Life is Strange is classed as an indie game, I think, isn't it? Yeah, it's just published by Square. Yeah, yeah. It's not made by them, so yeah, it is. Yeah, so it's things like that. But then, like, Inside, Night in the Woods, uh, Piku Niku. Uh, yeah, that's how you pronounce yeah. it, isn't it? <laughs> Celeste, Firewatch, Grease, Grease. Like, some of these I absolutely love playing. And, I adore Celeste. Yeah, Celeste is so good. And the story behind it as well, it's it's just really, it's so clever. Like I, I I played through Celeste at a time when things were a bit dark for me. Um and watching kind of Madeline's story as you went through. And I know like now that the kind of the, the DLC's come out for it and the creator has revealed what, what the true extent of Madeline's story actually is, which is different to what yeah. it hit me with in the first place. Um but when I when I played through it like all of Madeline's kind of anxieties and her fears and stuff like that like hit me because I was going through anxiety. She was literally climbing a mountain of anxiety, wasn't she? Yeah, and it was just like, holy shit. Like, and, and also the game's brutally difficult. It is. But you, when you get through it, like, even if you even if you don't bother with like all the bonus stuff or like the extra hard levels or the B-sides or whatever, and you just get through it, it's so satisfying. Mm. And it's like, was it a team of like five people made it or something like that? It Like, tiny team. It's one of the only platform games that's made me emotional yeah. braid, braid yeah, kind of hit me but not in that kind of way it's a different type of emotion uh, some of yeah. us have hollow night when you look into the 
story of it that kind of hits you but yeah celeste and um greece greece fucking greece. hell i were welling up by the end of that yeah, yeah. inside inside is another one as well that yeah hits you yeah. that side of it when you kind of oh inside analyze. makes you go what the fuck when you kind of analyse what it is, what I think the, the game and the story yeah, We've is had about. an argument about this, me and you, haven't we? Not an argument. A discussion. A discussion, <laughs> discussion yeah. Um, Should, have you got Little Nightmares on that list? Because that was an indie game that's worth playing in the same vein as kind of inside. Yeah, the Little world. Nightmares no, is really there's good. so many. There's so many I'm trying to like catch up on um, because <laughs> of the fact that... I'm, and do you know what? The, the One of the biggest things that made me realise how much of an idiot I am to ignore some of these was when Rocket League was put on um, uh, PS Plus. PS Plus. Yeah. And I looked at it and then went, that looks like a load of shit. It's one of the best <laughs> football games with ever cars. <laughs> Football with cars. That looks shit. And everyone went, this is amazing. And then I tried it and I was like, this is fucking amazing. So I ended up having to pay for it because I was an idiot and ignored the <laughs> PS Plus. Mate, Rocket League's top five sports games of all yeah, time. Yeah, Rocket League is incredible and it's so much fun with your friends. Yeah. But, but just by looking at it, I was like, eh. No, yeah, and yeah, and I'm just being the same with like. I mean, you look at something like Night in the Woods, like that is just a pure walking around narrative, talking to people. You do a few little mini games, but mm. it's you know, there's, people there's a time wrote in my life off I at would, the beginning. yeah, I'd have looked at that and just gone, no, like these little cute animal people talking to each other. Like there's no, there's nothing going on. Why Give would me Devil bother? May Cry instead? <laughs> yeah, why would I bother putting five or six hours into this? But it's worth it because yeah, yeah it is, there's a lot and and, the, and one of the good things about indie games is there's a they have a lot more freedom to do stuff and try new things and especially with the stories and what they how they want to tell it but also like especially with, with the gameplay as well as you'll find stuff like Hotline Miami is just like nothing I've ever played before and I just think that you would never get that from a top publisher yeah like they're very AAA games are very safe. Yeah, yeah. There, there are brilliant AAA games that I absolutely love, but they are safe games. Whereas you don't get that with indies. They will say, "We've got an idea, we're going to do that," and they'll put it out, and then hopefully it'll catch on. So yeah, you just there's usually there's a no marketing push with a tri- with an indie game either. There's literally zero no, marketing. No, it's a lot of word of mouth. Yeah, and Twitter. A lot of word of mouth. A lot of creativity. Like uh, there was one I saw because I saw it on. I think it might have been a Games Done Quick, mm. um, which I like. Uh, Babber is you. Oh, that's such a clever game. So, so smart. Yeah, it's it's a devilishly hard little puzzle game, but it's so clever. So it's, it's basically you play a little character called Baba. He's just this little kind of amorphous glob kind of thing, and there are some there's some text on the screen that says Baba is you. Okay, and they also say like a uh, flag is win, and you can take Baba and you can push those words apart. Isn't that coding? And you can be. Sort of, yeah. <laughs> so, 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 you, so you have two sentences, Baba is yeah. you and flag is win. So you push win away from flag. Yeah. That's coded. Push it over the uh, Baba. And so uh, win is you. That sounds men. You win. And it's, it's, so, it's so good. It's such a hard concept to explain, but yeah, when yeah. you look into it, and you go, it's like it's maddening sometimes because you have to be so creative to beat some of these puzzles. Yeah, and so and it's the good kind of puzzle game where you feel like a real fucking idiot once you work yeah, some of these yeah. things out. Yeah, there was one. There was one particular level where we, we was trying to finish it, and I had to. I couldn't get my head around what I was supposed to do, and I was like, oh. And then it just clicked, and I turned Bubba into like the whole mountain background, <laughs> and I just moved that. And that then opened up where I need to go and hit the flag. And I was just like, oh, my God. It keeps telling you how to do it. But yeah. you keep forgetting. 
Is it more yeah, of a game you think ago. inside of the box rather outside of the box? Because you, you, you know the rules outside and around it. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah, it's it's a game that re- that rewards overthinking and underthinking. Ah, yeah. it's a yeah, it's it's, it's, it's like it's like when I say when when we're doing this, the score sheep recordings that you can do whatever you want. Like the rules can and then be you get cho- you get choice paralysis, you don't you? Like oh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. Barbarism yeah. gives you that. But when you actually, but it's so clever how it's implemented. It's the ultimate puzzle. And it was made, and it was made by one dude. Oh shit! And I'm gonna no get market. that. Yeah. It, it, I think it, it's it, only it, on the it, PC, uh, but it'll play. No, no, it's on the Switch. It's on I'll the play Switch it on my well. laptop. Uh, I like puzzle games on um, the, with the mouse. But yeah, but it's it, it's one of those. One dude made it. It had no marketing push. I only heard about it because it was on a Games Done Quick. Yeah. And then someone else on a podcast talked about it. it might, or a game maker's toolkit might have talked about mm. it. Either way, it was like one of those like really tiny little word of mouth things. And it's one of the best games I've ever played. Wow. <laughs> well, look yeah. at look at like really cool. Disco Elysium. That's yeah. Word of mouth got that out and. It's incredible. Yeah. I absolutely fucking love that game. And like same with like um I'll just finish on this one. I think I've talked about this on an earlier episode a long time ago, but um Thomas Was Alone is yeah. a game where you play as rectangles and squares, mm-hmm. but it's just a really great puzzle game with an amazing soundtrack, a really good narrative. And behind it's really it. sad. And it's yeah, and it really is sad and poignant and melancholic. And you just like, I'm just pushing squares and rectangles around here, but it's so good. And like, yeah, like if someone said to you, "Play Thomas Was Alone," and you Googled it and looked at the image, and you'd look at it and go, "Why? Yeah, it's not a game." <laughs> yeah, like you look at the image and you're like, "What is this? Why would mm. I want to play this?" And I was very similar to that until I just. Open your mind a bit more with indie games. Seriously, like yeah. someone suggests yeah. something to you, just have a look at it. Have a maybe just a little watch through or play a demo or something, and and, and play more indie games when because I think you'll find something there that you'll oh, love yeah. that you didn't think that you would. But a lot of people like um if you like if you if you're more a, a casual slant of the game, like you buy FIFA and Call of Duty every year. If you if you don't buy one of those, you can buy like fifty indie games do you know what I mean <laughs> yeah and you'll have way more fun and you won't be as annoyed you just wander the halls of itch.io and see yeah. what you can find yeah you can... <laughs> less loot boxes and most of them play on a fucking calculator so there's no excuse but yeah yeah, that's that's a good one that stick so we'll move on to uh, Biggie uh, yeah so I just wanted to uh, discuss a country you've um, written off a country so... <laughs> <laughs> wow so you've got Denmark yeah and out of Denmark, you've got Danish food, Danish bacon. Yummy, 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 yum. Lurpak. There's other Danish stuff. Oh, a lot of people, pack, damn it. <laughs> a lot of people don't talk about TV shows. Oh. And Danish TV has some of the best cop dramas or police detective dramas out there. So, yeah, you need to walk past. Um, I know a lot of you guys here like subtitled stuff, so it's not a problem. Yeah. But I thoroughly recommend Borgen, The Killing, and The Bridge. Now, The Killing and The Bridge have both been made by um, the US into TV series as well. But the original's just so much better. Again, it's about the performance, about the acting. It's all there in the original. So go and watch The Killing. Go and watch The Bridge. Both fantastic Scandinavian TV series. Scandinavian TV series. They're so good. Wow. Just the, the drama that they pull off, you know, with the, the sort of, um, again, it, uh, I'll take the killing, for example, the effects that it has on the main detective, how her life is torn apart in dealing with such a 
an atrocious murder to deal with. Um, the bridge um, has a main character that has her own issues. She's not comfortable with people. Um, she has a very strange personality because of, I've forgotten what it is now, actually. I'd have to look back and find out what um, condition she has. But she's very odd with people. And she just does it so well, how she stays in that character throughout the whole series and still manages to be the best detective they have. And, yeah, the stories are just really well acted. And, yes, the American versions are actually quite good, but it's all about the originals. So please don't knock... Do you know what I like about the European foreign shows, shows and stuff like that? Like I watched uh, Dark and stuff like that. Uh, yep, it's It's just... Example. Um, the, the scenery because the, the, these are older countries than like America. America, yeah. all the cities look exactly yeah, yeah. the same. You watch something set in Denmark, man. That that's a medieval city. Yes. Do you know what I mean? It just looks gothic. <laughs> it looks better yeah. in my for my eyes. Like people people wouldn't think twice about reading a detective novel set in Denmark, a book. But people, yeah. are, I'm not reading a show. Fucking. Read it. <laughs> I read most of my shows, even if they are in English. Do you know what I mean? It's it's one of those things. Um, yeah, I like that, mate. I'm gonna I'm writing them down as well. Yeah, they're really good. I mean, um, I think they were on iPlayer at some point. I think some have been on Netflix. You'd have to do a bit of a hunt yeah. around, I'm afraid. Mm. But uh, yeah, just please don't knock foreign television, um, particularly Eastern Europe. It's awesome. Some yeah, great stuff. I was just gonna there. say that as well. Like, that's like a. So many people judge stuff by it's oh that's a foreign film I can't be bothered to. Yeah, I tried to get loads of my mates to watch Parasite, and I'm not watching that. Get over that hurdle of (laughs) having to read subtitles because you'll discover so many amazing films and like other mediums out there. Absolutely, even the best dubbing is never good enough. No, it never can be. It never can. You watch some old Dragon Balls, man. Horrible, (laughs) horrible. Jackie Chan movies, man. Like one of one of my favorite um, non English films is um, Spirited Away. Yeah, and mm. the the American dub of it is fine. It's fine, isn't it? There's nothing wrong with it, but it pales in comparison to the original dub with subtitles. Yep. Yeah, it always does. Yep. I mean, I absolutely love your name, but the English subtitles is thank you. Uh, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. The, the English dub is terrible. I, I think a lot of the time with these things, it all depends on the budget. Like, so if it's a it studio does. Ghibli, they've they've got a lot more money to hire better voice actors and like professionals. Like you find like in um, Ponyo, um, the dad in that is Liam Neeson, and yeah. Howell's Howell in Howl's Moving Castle is Christian Bale. Yeah, you can always so. tell. Yeah, but yeah, oh, it just everything's better with subtitles for foreign films. Yeah. Never watch well, the dubs. Yeah, <laughs> subs before dubs, anim- baby. Yep, yep. I, think I think especially with animated films as well, because they they animate the characters to the original actor's performance. Mm. Yeah. So no matter how good an actor is subbing on top of it, the performance has already put um, has already been applied to the character, and the voice sounds like it's coming out the right person. Yes, <laughs> Do you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, really. Yeah, there's all there's often as well things kind of lost in translation, which don't really kind of make sense when an English person says it. Yeah. No, exactly. Yeah. I'll tell you um, the plot of the the very first episode of the bridge. Yeah, do it. Um, I just had to remind myself of it because I was just like, um, there was something really really cool about it, and um, it starts. So this isn't ruining anything because this is revealed right at the beginning. Um, for the bridge is that when a body apparently cut in half at the waist is discovered, 
in the middle of the Orisund Bridge, which connects Copenhagen with Malmo. So you've got um, Denmark and Sweden. Yeah. The body is cut in half and placed exactly where one half is in Sweden. And one oh, half jurisdictions. Is in oh. And jurisdiction oh. is just, oh, yeah, man. and it's such a clever starting <laughs> point. I'm in. I'm absolutely yeah. in. It's great. It is so good. Really got do me. recommend that. Excellent. So um, I've got, uh, I was going to talk about Titanfall 2, but I've talked about that because I judged that massively, but I've not quite finished it. It might shit the bed before the end. <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> if, you're happy, if you're happy with it now, yeah. then you're, oh, you're that's fine. fine. And I was, yeah. was going to talk in, in depth about uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show as well, but I've talked about that as well because I judged that massively <laughs> until I dressed up and went to see it live. Uh, I reckon that's, a, that's one that I think I would be. When I was younger, I'd be like, I don't know. It's the same with me, mate. Why would I watch this? But now I I just need to find time because I really want to watch it. It's so good. Stop watching Hamilton. (laughs) No. But the Hamilton. (laughs) Hamilton's amazing. But my main last one I want to discuss, and we have discussed this before, but it's as soon as we thought, don't judge a book by its cover, that it's it's the it's instantly popped into my head. It's the American Office. Um I loved The Office. Like loved. Mm -hmm. Same. And yeah, then exactly I hear so. they're doing an American version. I and this is before the American versions were always shit. Do you know what I mean? It's just before the big copying us for everything. Um, and I was just like, I can't. I think there's a few. They did a Red Dwarf, which was fucking yeah, horrendous. They did a few, but it's not as bad as it is now. The the, be- the best one, if you can see that, is the pilot they did for IT Crowd w- with Richard Ayoade's in it, isn't it? Richard Ayoade's in it, but they've got Joel, Joel McHale from Community playing Roy. That's yeah. No. He's too good-looking. Yeah, no, I was going to no, say, no, he's no. too buff. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's gorgeous. <laughs> oh, no. But yeah, with the American office, I, 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 like, I, I'd even, I was still writing it off up until the end of season two. I was like, this is just a rehashed version of what we got. And then I thought, do you know what? I'll give series three a watch. And wow. Something clicked. Something changed. It does click. And I know Gervais still produces it, probably executive producer. He's probably not there, really. Uh, There's still his soul in it, but something happens um, with Steve Carell. Uh, Michael Scott stops becoming a twat and starts becoming our twat. Do you know what I mean? I mean, he still remains a twat. Oh, yeah, but he's ours, isn't he? He becomes... No, I know what you mean. I know what Odell's means. You actually kind of reach... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's from season three. If you've never watched it, I recommend watch start season three because it's a recap anyway. Um, And it's just he just goes... I mean, don't get me wrong, he drops the ball towards the end of the the later series. But there's something there in the middle series... Um, seasons, sorry, seasons. I know people get pissed off when you say series because that's everything, isn't it? Seasons. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the middle seasons, it's it's magic. It's absolute magic. Um, we've all seen it, haven't we? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dwight Schrute is he's, just... He's genius. He's better than I Gareth. Love him so way better much, than Gareth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, Jim, he's, he, you start loving Jim. Pam's got a better role than uh, English counterpart. Cool. Everyone, every, the, 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 I, 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 love, I love that you know that she's Pam, but it's English counterpart Dawn. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I always forget because Dawn's. She, it's Pam and Jim and Dawn and Tim. because Dawn doesn't do much, does she, in the English? Because 
No. Pam didn't do much in the first two series uh, seasons no, of true. American Office, but then on series three, the background characters that you've been you've been seeing, and some of them have just miraculously disappeared as well from season three onwards. <laughs> but they start becoming characters in themselves. Yeah, they really, and do. you can tell these people weren't actors at first. And if you watch like makings of it and stuff, they weren't actors. A lot of them are producers no. and writers of the show. <laughs> They're just there. And I think it's the guy who plays Creed. Uh, Creed, well, Creed Batten is that's his name. his name. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. He, he he was just a mate of the director, and he turned he's up one day. Nutter, yeah. Isn't he? yeah, he's a nutter. But uh, yeah. Yeah. a lot of them are just people that worked on set. Like Toby, he's one of the writers of the show, and that's yes. on, yeah. on, on the episodes that he writes for. He's not on because he doesn't write himself in it because he doesn't like to act, <laughs> which is just incredible. Uh, well, that's why his performance is so flat as well because yeah. he's not an actor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And oh, he's so good in that. It is, he does it, me up. And it's just, it's just so pure. It drops off when I, I mean, I'll be honest. It drops off when Michael Scott leaves. It really does. It should have just ended. It should have just end ended. But money's money, isn't it? Um, it, it, it there's just something about it. It's one of those. I mean, I know there's other there's Parks and Rec and stuff like that have come out, and some people say it surpassed it. I don't think it surpassed it. Um, it's just I wrote it off so quickly in my head. And I've I've got I've gone to things before like oh they're do, they're doing uh, American in betweeners I'll watch that no oh, all right it's shite <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, it doesn't seem to happen that often that it surpasses the original do you know what I mean um, no and it's like I thought when they did they were going to do a Snowpiercer show on Netflix I thought oh I love Snowpiercer uh, this show's going to be made. it's not it's not I, I like Snosh but I, I disagree do you Snosh yeah Snowpiercer is really good uh, I don't. I don't think it's bad, don't get me wrong. But the American Office, and you can fight me, is better than the English one. No, I'd say that because I think I like what the English one did. Yeah, so did uh, I. When it did. Because I love David like, Brent. Like, if you watch it back now, it's aged so poor. It really has. <laughs> and, and, like, 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 David Brent was always an arsehole. Yeah. But now, if you watch it, he's just a, an abusive He's cunt. a bigot. He's a really horrible person. <laughs> yeah. I think like, he always was supposed to be there. That was the point. No, like, was I, I don't think. Like, I think, it I think was. we're supposed to root the, for him a little bit. I also think the performance mm. has aged badly as well. Like, I think he's better in extras like, and stuff like that, isn't he, Gervais? Is it- yeah. Whereas with with Michael Scott, like Michael Scott says some really heinous shit from time to time. Um, the the racial sensitivity episode is fucking <laughs> is so God bad. Damn. But that's the thing but about it. You can say it, it an comes, episode and you just, in your head, you've watched it immediately and read yeah. it. It's so good. It, it comes, it seems to come from a place of like childlike ignorance. It is ignorance. It is. There's, 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 a, there's a moment where, um, like there's a moment that I think explains Michael Scott's character really well, which is it's in one of the later seasons and he's like, He's found this like videotape of of him as a child on a TV show. Oh or something. yeah, oh, yeah. And, 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 and the the host the host says to him something like, "says um, what what would what would you wish for if you or what what would you want if you could have anything in the world?" He said, "I'd want a million children so they'd all be my best friend." Yeah, because he's got no mates. And I was like, "Oh, okay. <laughs> if you remember, his best mate at school was the dinner lady." <laughs> but also on the flip like, side there's also that bit that scene with Toby where he goes he's given an imaginary gun who do you want to shoot and he, he's got like Adolf Hitler and somebody else and he goes I'll shoot with two bullets he goes I'll shoot Toby twice in the yeah. head <laughs> it's because he's HR he's, he's corporate he doesn't oh, like corporate he but this, the, the, the best thing that, that 
personifies it for me is the only episode of the American Office I've only watched once because I can't watch it anymore because it makes me cringe. It's the one where he promised tuition for the kids at school. Oh, no. Oh, Scott's Tots. Yeah. No, I can't watch that one. It's you can only watch that episode once, and every time I say it, everyone does what Gadget's just done. <laughs> and he's like, don't worry, guys. I've got you all laptop batteries. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I can, I've only ever seen that episode. I, I, I skip it when I binge. Because you always go back to the office. It's one of those beautiful things. Now I've mentioned it. A lot of people listen yeah. to this will just start watching it again. Um, yeah. But you have to skip Scott's Tots. You have to, because it's... It really it, it is. Oh God, it's awful. It's chaotic. It's just. You should just. I have heard people say now though, you can skip season one of the US Office. You can skip two. Yeah, just don't bother. You can skip yeah, two as long as you know one. that. Um, spoiler alert: that uh, Jim kissed Pam at the end of season two. I, I would say you can still watch it because then you could probably even more appreciate how bad it started and then got to the yeah, point it where did actually, start it bad. is good. Yeah, because it, it tried too hard to be the British one. I, I would say it was it more or less script for script, but changed one. for American audiences. That's that's yeah. basically it. And yeah. we'll move yeah. on to Gadget. Lastly, with his uh, his his final pick, I'm assuming. Yeah, uh, final pick. Uh, I, I was in two minds on this one, so I, I I have two very quick ones because I don't have a lot to say on either of them. Yes, and um, one of them is going to be an honorable mention, but we're pushing on for time, so I'll just throw it in here. First, first one is um, early two thousands alternative music. Like, alternative rock like music, car. rather. No, no. <laughs> alternative rock as opposed. Oh, not so new metal. I, in the, no, in the two thousands, I was into new metal. I was a new metal kid. <laughs> I, I had the corn t-shirt. I was into Papa Roach, Lincoln Park, all that kind of shit. Um, I really ignored stuff like Radiohead and Smashing Pumpkins and stuff. Oh, um, right. And it wasn't until last Likewise. year that I that I actually listened to. For the very first time, Kid A. No way. And it's legitimately one of the greatest yeah. albums I've ever heard. Yeah, it's incredible. Uh, also listened to In Rainbows for the first time, um, which I think might be one of the best things I've ever heard, like just best collections of sounds so I've good. ever heard. Uh, 15 Steps is amazing. I've never heard a pop song in 5-4 before that worked that well. Yeah. Um, but also uh, the, the other one I listened to at the time when I kind of went into this little bit of a deep dive on it was... Uh, Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness. Because I'd always written Smashing Pumpkins off. Uh, they're not early 2000s, it's the mid-90s. Just a little mangy band. Uh, yeah, just like a fucking moaning, whinging, it's sad, because He's a bit of a bellend as well, though, isn't he? <laughs> well, yeah. They, but it's like, I kind of just like, I, I remember hearing in the early 2000s, I remember hearing um, Today. Yeah. Uh, and I'm just thinking... Remember hearing just the, the way that he sings, today is a guy. Yeah. I was just like, oh, it's miserable. Give me a guitar riff. And so for some reason, I just decided to listen to uh, Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness. And it started so grand, it's this good, orchestra. It? It's huge. <laughs> and, um, but then it moves on to the, to the, uh, to the really raucous songs. And like, like the first time you hear that, that lyric where it's like, um, despite all my rage, I'm still just a rat in a cage. Yeah. And it's so violent and raw and it's powerful. And it's just like, oh, I've missed out on shit. Yeah. <laughs> I've missed out on some good shit. This was really good stuff. So yeah, like I've I've kind of over the over the years anyway, I've become less of a metalhead and I've opened opened. It's that musical bias. I, I've let go of it as well. It's like yeah, I can't um, listen to that, but now I'm I, I like Prince more than I like Metallica. I wouldn't have never said that 20 years ago. Yeah, like in the early 2000s, I was such a metal elitist. Same. It had had to be as metal and brutal yeah. as possible. I was like, a f- I was practically a fucking death <laughs> clock fan. Um, You're basically Stigveld. <laughs> see, yeah. see, that's um, 
one of the ones I was thinking of was like the opposite of that. Like I was kind of like liking the new metal stuff, but I I instantly looked at people like the bands like Ramstein or Slipknot and I looked at them. It's too horrible. And was like, that's not for me. Yeah. They're yeah. shit. No, I absolutely love them. Yeah. Like bread and I just kinda of looked <laughs> I just looked at them and just went, nah, they're shit for them. Like, like I said, running they around need in masks and like yeah, like that. It's like well, but, yeah, like 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 Slip, well, Slipknot were one I bounced off quite early on because again of how they looked, um, because it was the mask. It was same with like Mushroom Head. Um, I I bounced off Tool for the longest time because the fucking video for Schism oh, was God. terrifying. Still is, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it still is, but it's one of the most incredible albums. Oh, yeah. I've ever heard. I was same with Nine Inch Nails. Uh, I, 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 I was terrified of Nine Inch Nails as a kid. Yeah, but yeah, like listen to this kind Apex of um, twin this, videos. Oh, that's still terrifying yeah, to this day. Oh yeah, yeah. Like this alternative. I don't know how you would describe this kind of alternative indie, alternative rock sound. Nickelback. The, no, good, <laughs> no I'm, I'm talking rock. good music. All oh, right, <laughs> shit rock. I like that. That's a yeah. good way to describe it. Imagine that as a section in HMV. Shit rock. <laughs> <laughs> it's just Nickelback, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like my main experience of Radiohead up up until recently was um just the stuff off their first couple of albums. Like I, I really like Creep. I liked um Street Spirit. Just, I thought and Street Spirit. Those three songs yeah. they were like they were they were the big ones, weren't they? Me. Yeah, mm. but but because they were rock songs and like you could hear the band in them. Whereas like I knew they got really weird and electronic <laughs> and yes. and stuff like that. And it was so I never gave it the time of day because I thought, oh no, it's this pretentious, miserable shit. Give me some guitars and. Not realizing how wildly overproduced all that new metal stuff was I was listening to That's anyway. Awful. Um, but yeah, just a fucking kid here is an amazing record. In in color, in rainbows rather is is an amazing album. Um, and yeah, the Smashing Pumpkins I was listening to. So yeah, I wrote them off early on. And the other one that I want to quickly touch on was the just going back to gaming was the Battlefield series of games because I wrote them off for the longest time. I still have. <laughs> I. I had a bad time with Call of Duty, like when I started playing online, and and like I got my ass handed to me regularly, and I kind of didn't know much about Battlefield, so I thought, oh, it's another military shooter. I'm not going to bother with it. And I remember when um, I was doing YouTube, when I was doing the Gadget Addicts, and uh, I got I got a code for Titanfall two from EA because good, that game, you know, fucker. I, I hear it. it was it was it was decent, but I, clearly no one was asking for codes for it because of the time it was released. And uh, I remember, like the week after I got the code from it from a year, and I was I was doing my YouTube review for it. Um, the the media rep reached out and said, "We've got loads of codes there for Battlefield One. Do you want to give it a try?" I was like, "Never played it, but sure, it's a free forty pound game." It's I'll not give the it a first try. one, though, is it? Battlefield One. No, it's no. like the thirteenth. No. I've, n- I've only played Battlefield like One. Like just one just counts for World War One. Oh, right, yeah. fair enough. But um, yes, yeah, so it was the first Battlefield game I ever played. Um, po- uh, popped it on. Blew me away. God, really, really good. Campaign. Shit, that's all I'd play I anyway. Campaign. Mate. <laughs> I, I never played the campaign. I just played the multiplayer. Oh wow. Um, what attracted me to it um, was that unlike Call of Duty, where you needed to be a crack shot and be like amped up on monster energy during constantly that's to have it, a chance of not being bottom up, bottom of the queue. Um, you could earn points in matches. Um without shooting your gun. Like I would always play yeah. medic or engineer class. Oh, that's cool. So I was like, I was like fixing tanks or I was healing people and I was earning for the team, like for the people who were really good shots and who could like score the kills and like capture um, control points on maps. It worked really well. Like um, the maps are huge. Like you're playing like 60 versus 60. Other. 
Like it's absolute bloody chaos. Oh, they're they're massive. They're really good. Yeah, and I know I know the the series has kind of shit the bed with Battlefield Five because no one likes it anymore. Yeah, Um, but Battlefield One was Battlefield One was great. I went back and played Battlefield Four. So does Battlefield One have like old like? Rifles and stuff, M1 Garand yeah, and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, older than that. It's World War Oh, One. shit, is it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So, 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 like, your tanks are those little single, uh, like, yeah. single seater uh, two track things, and your planes are biplanes, and you can get it. You can, ra- you can stand on top of Zeppelins. One shot rifles, you should yeah, yeah, yeah. reload it. I, yeah. I absolutely love Battlefield One. It is my so most good. played game on PS5. I play it so much with my friends. Really? I don't play it. Yeah, yeah, I've absolutely got well drawn into it. I the own first it, actually, game, believe it or not. Battlefield game that it. I ever that I I'm ever bought. And yeah, I just got I used to play it like all every weekend with some mates. Um yeah, I loved it. it I might play the campaign yeah, on that. The um the Zeppelin, campaign is really good. Yeah. I remember watching the Zeppelin cut it, it, it loses its kind of impact of it after yeah. a while. <laughs> For a couple yeah. of times of seeing it, yeah. <laughs> but watching it come down, I literally the first time I ever saw it come down I just stopped fighting. Just wow. sat there watching the zeppelin come down and crashing over the map. It was it's brilliant. Yeah, and when yeah. when you when you destroy one, it's not like any other like it's not like a a thing where just it, it disappears from the map. It changes the whatever map you're fighting in. Wow. Yeah. You have you have ze- zeppelin wreckage to get around and stuff like yeah. that. Fucking Hindenburg. Yeah, basically, yeah. It's re it, it was such a good game. Cool. So is that everything from everybody? Yep. I yep. think we're gonna go to the bulging mail sack. Uh, yes, and the mail sack is well. It, I mean, it's pretty bulging this week. It always Doing is. Well, um, terrestrial extras come in with a, an album. It says um, the album's called "In the Aeroplane Over the Sea" by the band Neutral Neutral Milk Hotel. I can't say if I've heard of. <laughs> no. He said my brother lent it to me, saying, "I think you'll like this." The cover is weird. The name is weird. My brother is weird. The music is weird. But I absolutely <laughs> love it. Still play it regularly, and it often earworms me. So I know nothing about this, but I'm going to put a clip Not in from the title track. That was horrendous, uh, ne- I'm guessing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it'd be nice. Be nice. I've not really heard it, I'm just um, kidding. Uh, uh, do, new, do, a, new- do a soundtrack now, sir. That was amazing. That was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, new boy in the Discord, that F King show. Oh, that fucking show, <gasps> I'm assuming. Is that what the F um, stands for? Oh, my God. Maybe. Uh, it might be fight. I thought it was. That fight king flip. show. Fracking? Fracking. <laughs> <laughs> a film called The Guest was on my watch pile for ages. Never heard of it. Bought it from Poundland for, from a, pile, a giant pile of copies of the film. Cover was kind of bland. Trailer generic. Never a good sign, but I'm up for some trash occasionally. Mm. One of my favourite films of the last decade. The Guest. Okay, okay. Let's watch that. About no, the guest. I haven't watched IMDb it. IMDb right here. <laughs> the Guest. What does IMDb say? Um... It's shit. I'm joking. I, I haven't loaded it up yet. Uh, Dan Stevens, uh, Sheila Kelly, Micah Monroe. People I've never heard of. Dan Stevens, I know him. He's from the, um, oh, what was he in now? Um, that comic book. Uh, what's, what, what's the star rating? That's what we're interested in. 6.7 out of 10. 
So it's not bad. Yeah, not bad at all. Um, the usual rate, uh, ratings are better than the uh, the critic ratings. So yeah. Okay, fair enough. Well, none of us have seen it, so we'll take <laughs> we'll take your word for it. Uh, Tree Smurf has come in saying, "Amazingly, I judged Ocarina of Time before I played what? it." What? I'd not heard of the Legend of Zelda series before seeing it in N64 magazine. And I must have been a nine-year-old hipster because I'd seen a 98 rating and thought, it can't be that good. <laughs> nine-year-old <laughs> hipster. <laughs> I, w- I hope he had a beard with the skinny jeans. Yeah, so I'm thinking, like, yeah. I'm vegan now. I'm vegan. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I want the vegan turkey dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah. Sort it out, mother. Eat <laughs> some breadcrumbs then. Yeah. <laughs> It wasn't until a few years later I gave it a try, and sure enough, I realised how brilliant it was. Same thing happened years later with Wind Waker, where I immediately judged it based so on how good. it looked. And now I'm wiser and realise it looks fantastic. Oh, I adore Wind Waker. I mean, Waker. I, I, I've never played Wind Waker because I, was, I didn't have Nintendos growing up. Mm. But like, I always adored the art style of it. It's I gorgeous. thought that suited Zelda more than anything. Yeah. Like, especially, I, I thought it suited Zelda more than the Ocarina of Time style. Yeah, I do. I do, absolutely. I think I, I, Wind Waker's like one of my top 3D Zeldas. I'm a 2D Zelda guy, but yeah, Wind Waker's incredible. Yeah. It's because you're a hipster. Yeah, that's right. A, a nine-year-old one. Yeah. Uh, John Cheatham has come in saying, for me, it was the From games. I was put off by the idea that they were these super hardcore games for big gamer men, or capital letters, <laughs> and all that nonsense. Now the fun nerds. Yeah. Unfortunately, as everything else, Dark Fantasy and... M- a monster-filled Victorian cityscape, hammy voice acting. It seemed right at my alley. But I just couldn't resist the setting and stealth and the grappling hook I saw in the upcoming Sekiro in February 2019. I thought I'd at least see some of the game if I gave it a go. I bought it and fell in love and spent 2019 playing that, Bloodborne, and Dark Souls, or thinking about them. <laughs> There's nothing quite like these games, and I'm glad I give them a go. We've already been on about Dark Souls today, but yeah, I think that's pretty much... For everyone who those games work for, it's like that. I don't think anyone's kind of approached Dark Souls as a new, completely new player excited about no, it. No, it's, it's trepidation, isn't it? It's like, <laughs> oh, I've heard things, I've heard things. But Sekiro is a really good jumping on point because, as I said earlier, it's a bit simpler. Um, it's more traditional game. Do you know what I mean? Like this stealth, you can want it, kill things and stuff. Yeah, try Sekiro, man. Uh, Andy Woods, I said Gladiator. I went with my mates to see it, but I really didn't want to. It's one of my favourite films of all time. I wonder how he judged Gladiator because I remember being universal. That trailer like, was incredible. By it, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah and, Andy, let, let, let us know what you actually judged it as. Like, what you thought it was the, about the game show? Yeah, where's Ulrika Johnson? That's <laughs> 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 Wolf. Yeah. Uh, Angry Kurt has come in saying, "Hi, gents. For me, it's the Devil May Cry reboot by Ninja Theory." I really didn't one. think it, uh, <coughs> it would be. <laughs> I really didn't think it would be the type of game that I would like, having not really enjoyed games like Bayonetta or all the previous Devil May Cry games. But when I heard people say it was quite accessible and it won Game of the Air on Chet and John's reassuringly finite gaming podcast, rest in peace, I decided to rent it and ended up loving it. It's the only game of that genre I've enjoyed, primarily due to its accessibility. In the reverse, by other suggestions, Hollow Knight. I adore Metroidvania games and have played all the best ones. I can see Stig raging out the corner of my eye here. I'm not even I've, looking I've at I've read Zoom. his next paragraph as well. I'm about to walk off. <laughs> so Carry on. Knight, so when Hollow Knight was being talked about as the best ever Metroidvania, I had to give it a go. I just didn't enjoy it. Oh my I've tried God. and tried. Put five hours into it according to my Switch and I couldn't even get out of the first area. Stig forced me to play that again, so I hope he forces you to play it again. 
it's it's not just one of the best Metroidvanias. It's one of the best games. It's that simple. And Stig's aghast now. I just don't get talk. the next paragraph. I haven't played Hollow Knight. Because I've read the next thing. The next bit. Just, <laughs> oh, my God. I'm going to punch him, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of punching, film-wise, exactly. I really didn't get why Rocky got so much praise. Unlikable characters what? and poorly choreographed end fight scene. But the biggest Kurt culprit man. is the film you were never really here. I do not get why people love that film at all. Because it's a it stunning so- piece of cinema, Kurt. It's incredible. That is yeah, why. It's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was so boring throughout. The premise sounds cool. Oh. And I, so I was expecting something like The Excellent Man on Fire. What? Instead, I fell asleep and had to start the film again. Yawn. So just on... Ooh, on he's getting... He's getting... Kurt, he's your email is on fire because I'm burning the back it. of that, there is a Best Buy job going available. <laughs> So if anyone wants to play, is right. I'm off. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> He's gone. He's walked off. You've ruined He's... me. You've ruined me, Kurt. <laughs> I think it's a personal attack. How can you not like Rocky? Is all right. Okay, you got Raging Ball, but Rocky pretty much set up boxing movies, sports movies, mate. To today. I mean, I will, say, I will say I've never seen Rocky, but I have no desire to watch Rocky because I don't. It's an Oscar-winning film. He wrote it. He yeah, wrote it. exactly. It's incredible. They're not all good, don't get me wrong. <laughs> nope, no. I totally agree. But, wow. Anyway, everyone's in touch. Yeah, you've, you've, you, you may have lost your title, pal. Really? But brave of oh. you. Brave of you. It's up for review. Yeah, he's definitely, he's definitely up for review. Why would you say something so controversial yet so brave? Yes. <laughs> anyway. yeah, it's almost like a Rocky move. Yeah, it is. <laughs> anyway, to round this out, Deadbeat Punk has sent in another essay. He's going, he's going for his dissertation with us. Excellent. He might get a, he might get a first. Hi, oh, Musta- Mustang Inseminators. That's my favourite. Yeah, he's been on the beer. <laughs> yeah, that's my favourite. Um, I may have used that one before. Last minute email. Don't care. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's such a big I shot now, sev- isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> he is. He's got his own yeah, podcast. Yeah, big shot. Incidentally, you should all go listen to... Um, it's like a, uh, what the fuck do you want? Yeah. Something like that. I've never heard of it. Yeah, just... <laughs> We've t- we've retweeted it a few times. Look on our Twitter. Just look on the Irish time. podcast charts. There's only like five podcasts that exist. So, <laughs> Your shots fired. Ooh. Anyway, I have the severe misfortune of being born the day after New Year's Day. As an adult, this results in everyone being too broke or too hungover <laughs> from the holidays to celebrate my revolution of the sun. <laughs> At least this is the excuse I have adopted for my socially extinct celebrations. Now, annoying as a big bad punk. He's doing it again. <laughs> he that, does this on twisters. Purpose, I swear, man. Yeah. Now, annoying as a big, big bad punk, as a little tiddly prick punk. That didn't make sense. Wow. This was fucking dreadful. <laughs> right, okay. Now, annoying as it is to a big bad punk, to a big bad punk, to a little tiddly prick punk, this was fucking dreadful. God, that, there we go. I got it right. Wow. I Englished him. <laughs> New Year's sales were always a typhoon that hit the local toy shop, and we didn't have any chains to fulfill my material desires. <laughs> In the year that I received my fabled yellow brick Game Game Boy, we visited the local toy shop that was barely still standing after the sales. Mm -hmm. I could pick out a Game Boy game. I could pick out the three. I could pick out of the three Game Boy games on the shelf. I did Donkey Kong, to which the shop owner explained that they only had the box and not the game. (laughs) Game and Watch Gallery could fuck off into a fire, and that left only one option: a boring bastard-looking game, a logo on a brown background, Legend of Zelda: Link's Awakening. Wow. Normally on the way home, I would scan the manuals and be brainwashed by the adverts inside. Oh, this time, I was huffing, huffing up a fucking storm. <laughs> I got home and decided I may as well try my new game. 
I was asked to name my character, so little cunt started his adventure. <laughs> you know that. You know that one of his first words he ever said. Absolutely. In what ended up being one of my favorite experiences of all time. I need not wax lyrical about this game again. It is fucking art it is. on a monochrome screen. It is. A teleportation device to a mysterious little land born of adventure and mystery. Anyway, tell Candy she did a brilliant job last week. Can't wait to hear scored sheet material and give all my money to Biggie. Please look after. Uh, please look at the boring bastard artwork attached. And he sent me. He sent us the picture for Link's Awakening. It's just like a gold yeah. box, isn't it? With like a shield. Yeah, it's on. not the most, not the most inspiring of cover no, arts. No, it's not, game, is it? To be honest, when I think about it, it wasn't really until like Breath of the Wild that any that any of the cover arts really kind of sold the Zelda experience. Yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy, isn't it? It's, it's like when I, I remember getting um, Link to the Past and I, it's still to this day, I don't know why he's got purple hair in it. It makes no sense. <laughs> it makes no sense. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why I brought that up. It just still confuses me. That's the only Zelda game I've played. They're, they're all, I, 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 like, I like 2D Zeldas. I give me them any day of the week. I just really like Breath of the Wild. It's fucking brilliant. Oh, of course it is. But uh, yeah, that's the, that's the mailbag. The chaotic mess of fan mail that we've had this week yeah um you've, you've really upset stig but now he's got to do the socials and the uh <laughs> the look fast forward what we're going to be doing next time as well so stay tuned uh if, if you're up for it stig socials please <laughs> yeah of course i'm a professional <laughs> uh yeah you can find us on twitter at modern escapism on there you'll find a link to all of our episodes socials and discord and now patreon if you have any comments, you can either tweet us or email us at modernescapismpod at gmail.com. If you like to watch gaming streams, you can watch us at twitch.tv forward slash modernescapism. Uh, Oodles is going to carry on his Titanfall stream, but it'll be on Friday it'll be tomorrow. Week because he's, yeah, tomorrow, because he's going out on the piss again. So look forward to another hungover Oodles hosting. If I turn back up home. <laughs> yeah. I, I've actually bought as well some um, £2 Primark S- pumps. So uh, if I lose any any shoes, I'll be fine. I've just got pumps on. I was going to say, are you, you going to lose your new Sambas? No, I'm not going to wear them. No. I've just got some £2 pumps. You know, them really shit school pumps you used to wear when you were younger. But because I'm going to working men's club, it doesn't matter what I, what I look like. Just padding, padding around a working men's club and plimsolls. Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get kicked off as soon as I walk in. Boys, I'm home. Boom. You should just buy a burner phone and just put that I in don't your t- house I don't take my phone out with me. I never have. I was going to say, get an app and be like, find my phone. That'll I'm not trusted. Home. I'm not trusted to take my phone with me, mate. <laughs> Are you trusted to breathe? Uh, yeah, so Biggie is carrying on his Dark Souls streams on Mondays and uh, Wednesdays, Gadget. I- I've had a couple of weeks off streaming, but we'll be back. And well, depending on whether we finished Hive Busters or not, we'll be on Gears 5 Hive Busters. Um, I heard it's only like three to four hours, so it depends how quick we are at um, smashing through the enemies. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it'll be fine. Yes, it will be. Uh, and as uh, we discussed at the start of the show, you can now find all of our details about our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash modern escapism. On there, you'll find the three tiers to look at. And if you want, you can find our first episode of Scott Sheep that launches on the fourth of June. So tomorrow, as you're listening to this, yes, yes, we we've really not grasped time, and I don't think we ever will. Yeah. But the Patreon money yeah. might get us to learn because we record before things come out and after we've streamed and it's it, it doesn't make any sense to us no we should start being like those american officers that got like world clock times oh yeah we'll do just, that. 
setting yeah. for dates. Like we're on for some Wall reason. Street. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, well, you, 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 well, you have it with calendars. You have today's calendar, then next week's calendar, and then the Oodles calendar, which is more like a Salvador Dali clock, and it's just melted <laughs> over a wall. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have in my house. <laughs> uh, so next week uh, we are going to tackle the best debuts. So we want to know from you who you think was the best debut director, debut author, debut album, whatever someone did that was their best thing they did as a debut and uh, hit us up with us. Yeah. Best debut podcast, Modern Escape. Amal Anderson, Tommy Lee's debut movie, one of my favourites. Really good. (laughs) Of course it is. (laughs) Really good. Uh, It's not. Um, (laughs) He steers a boat with his willy. (laughs) It's incredible. Uh, You know, if that's the content that's not worth five star reviews, I don't know what is. <laughs> so hit us up with your five star reviews on wherever you, uh, especially on Apple Podcasts, but wherever you uh, listen to us on. Thank you very much, sir. And thank you, gentlemen, for not judging books by their covers. Um, yeah, uh, that's all I've got to say, really. Don't judge us by this episode, <laughs> judge us by the, the, the whole, uh, what would you call it? Catalog, Catalog. Canon. Canon, yes. Judges by all of it. And this episode is great. It's just that socials kind of got away from us. <laughs> don't there. worry, mate. I don't. <laughs> uh, Ladies us? and gentlemen, and variations thereupon, I will be hungover next week. And the best way to get rid of a hangover is to drink more. So I probably will be drunk as well. So <laughs> the regular sound will be, but we'll be back next episode. Just for, um, thank you very much, and we'll see you next time. Good night. What are ones and twos? <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs>